Conversation cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this 13th day of February, 2023. This is The Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is The Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live. 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round. Gathered in there right now is a merry band. And, of course, uh, that would be Irish Dave and New Jersey Nick and Ralphs and Squeaky and Theo. Hey, y'all. And, of course, say it, Steve. Too many cops. Pinch hit midweek chat room utility moderator and all-around great guy, Brother Bishop Steve from Georgia Stan is in there moderating away, as is longtime inveterate indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky, who, who being a third-stage guild navigator, has folded space to become man cave, as well as... Um, Bud Trimmer Emeritus, Horn Chief Agronomist, and Head Mathematician, Roger from Oregon. It's a heck of a gang we got going on. Yes, indeed. Uh, thank you to Stephen New York. You're firing on all cylinders, unlike the GOP. Well, anything that sets, that sets a distinction between me and those thugs is, uh, well, it's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, hi. I'm Robin. Uh... No, we don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I don't have any Galatine Day plans. There will be no rug dyeing going on Irish Day. No, no tomorrow's just a day. Tomorrow's just a work day. That's all. That's that's all it is. Every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. Consequently, we say thank you to our thirteenth, twelfth, eleventh, and tenth day of the month subscribers. I will explain where I was on Friday in a moment. Um. That means thank you to Paul, thank you to Gary and Gaia out in Oregon, and thanks so much uh, to Gary in New York, Paul again. Thank you to Brendan, thank you so much. Thank you to Christopher in Oregon, thank you to Tony and Chico, thank you to Paul from Parts Unknown and John, thank you. Thank you to Cecilia. Um... 
And let's see. Oh, thank you. Even even though you were just testing, uh, thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Thank you again to Paul from Parts Unknown. Thank you to Joe, my buddy Joe Vecchio. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, thank you, one and all, for being partial sponsors of the program and helping to keep all of this going. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, Randy Radar says his dad's in the hospital for what might be his last trip. I'm so sorry, my friend. So very sorry. Um, let's see. I hope it's not his last trip. I know how hard this is. I do. So, uh, in terms of uh, in terms of the in terms of uh, where we stand, well, the mad rush to pay off all the bills and keep the program on the air and uh, whatnot uh, is at. Uh, uh, let me just let me see here. Oh, that's the wrong thing. No, this thing. Uh, uh, the. Uh, Fundraising goal is at 10:40. No, 10:35. 10:25. Brother Deacon Asa just asked me, "You had money on Philly, Philly, didn't you?" Tell the truth. Yeah, I lost it all. I bet the over like a sucker, and I and 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 then I had I had Philly, and uh, it was terrible. It was just uh, nah. Actually, I don't. No, 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 no. I didn't. But. Uh, I confess, and, and, and for those that, that, well, I was rooting for Philly. But it didn't work out. But I have I have good news, good Super Bowl news. You know, um, I don't know how it is that Brother Deacon Asa always seems to know where my mind is going before any given program. But, yeah, I've got some news, y'all. It's really exciting news. Y'all, I'm a Christian. Yes, I'm so happy. There I was in my heathen ways, just trundling along through life, and I'd never before heard of some brown-skinned Palestinian day laborer and semi-literate itinerant rabbi who wore a dress every day of their life. I had never heard of them before. And then right there, in between the Bud Light ad and the and, and the Doritos ad, there he was, Jesus. Yes. So now, y'all, I'm a Christian, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go to heaven when I die. Uh huh. All because of them. All because of that hundred million dollar ad buy that could have fed a lot of homeless people. Housed a lot of homeless people, fed hungry people, could have provided healing and health care to the sick. But you know, I read that part in there about the, about all that, and I just don't think it's that important. I mean, maybe it was important back then, but that's not Jesus's message today. Jesus's message today is that he's all hip and he's got tattoos and piercings. Yeah, well, I mean, they did piercing a lot more roughly back than 2,000 years ago, didn't they? Yes. Um, and and, and, and he, he wears flip-flops and 
he's a hippie, and and he's just cool, y'all. I never knowed how cool he was till I done seen them commercials on the Super Bowl. And now, I mean, there I was, as as just sitting there with a chicken wing in one hand and and my diet and my diet Pepsi in the other, and I was a slain in the spirit, y'all. Net looked at me and said, what are you babbling about? And I didn't know because I was slain in the spirit and I was, a, I was a speaking in tongues. And then I looked over at her and said, can you go find me a snake? I, I feel the need to take up a serpent. And we we got some we, and we got some we got some uh, we got some Crisco oil in the kitchen. Don't, would you mind anointing me real good with that there oil? And she said, "Don't be weird, Robin." And I said, "No, I'm a Christian now. I am. I really, really am." I mean, he gets me. And he did wear a dress every day of his life. <sighs> yeah. Hundred billion. Hmm. You know, if any if there's anything out there, if there's one moment out there that says tax the church, yesterday was it. You got enough money for Super Bowl ad buys, you got enough money to pay your way. And get and, and 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 stop being a giant welfare scam. Because the fact of the matter is, that's what that's what that's what religion is in the United States. It's a welfare scam, where the religion industry gets huge hunks of the public commons. And gives back precisely, oh, there's a complicated social sciences term I'm looking for, dick. I mean, imagine that. Imagine be, uh, being being a, a, relig- a religion industry goober and thinking that there is anything even remotely Christian about dropping a hundred million dollars on a slick little ad because the way the religion industry has been branding itself lately is pretty toxic. I couldn't be a Christian anyway because, you know, trans. All kinds of Christians all over the country will tell you. I'm, it, it, me and men and women like me and my non-binary nibblings, we're all going to we're all going to hell. We're going to fry. Hmm. I don't understand it, but they, they're the ones that make the rules. I reckon. <sighs> well, at least some of the other ads were fun, and I guess the game was pretty good. It's just that the Super Bowl is so much. Marketing and so little football. I mean, I got to thinking back to the earliest ones because, you know, I'm three years older than the Super Bowl. So I guess the first one was played, you know, when I was three. I don't remember it. 
But it was the Packers and the Chiefs, wasn't it? Packers won. And the next one was the Packers and the Raiders. The Packers won. Didn't... Where was the first one played? The horn. I need, I need a little help from the Horn Ad Hoc Research Department on that. Because I know by the time that Super Bowl three, which was the, the Jets and the Colts came around, they were playing it in Miami because I remember the iconic photograph of uh, Joe Namath promising a Jets victory. That may have cursed the Jets forevermore. Did you ever think about that? That may have been their one shot, you know. Jesus up in the sky going, well, you know, Broadway Joe called it. We're going to have to come through on this one, Dad. Yeah, but never again, boy, never again. But that was Miami, wasn't it? And then... What was the next one? Was the next one the uh, Colts and the Cowboys? Because that's one of the that, that's the first actual game that I remember. No, no, Colts and Cowboys wasn't next. The next one was the Vikings and the Chiefs. And the the, the Vikings were heavily favored, and Hank Stram and the Chiefs did a number on them. And then the next one was the the, the, the uh, Cowboys and the Colts. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was a good game. And Annette and I just sat here and watched it. And I decided not to go and watch it somewhere else. It, it just seemed more fun for her and me to sit and watch it together. And we had some good eats and had a very nice time. Um, Randy Radar points out religion is a belief system because it lacks empirical evidence but try to explain that to a layman non-scientist well you lose them at empirical Randy I mean been down that road sometimes you just have to let uh, sometimes you just have to let people have their whoopee and not talk to them about their whoopee the Almighty in money, Scott in San Diego says, uh, imagine, if you will, an eternal and divine re-entity. He knows all, sees all, and is unlimited in his abilities. Yet he always seems to be broke as a bankrupt bastard. Funny how that works. You'd think he could, well, just gin up some gold or something. I mean, there's a little bit of gold in you, there's a little bit of gold in me, because there was a bit of gold in the Big Bang. That's all we are. Even this far out, we're just little leftovers from the Big Bang, which I personally think is really cool. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you to George. Uh the first Super Bowl was pay, played at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. There we go. Thank you, George, serving as the Horn Ad Hoc Super Bowl Research Department. And uh, 
January the 15th, 1967. I was not quite four. Thank you. Thank you, Ralphs. Oh, and Ralphs, by the way, says, uh, um, I'll match the first $20, the first $25 that come in. That would be fantastic. Um, because we've got a fairly limited amount of time, 10 days to be precise, to raise everything necessary to keep the power on and the Internet on. It's a frightening proposition. I hate it when it gets like this. Galentine's Day 2023 is today. Thank you, Irish Dave. The female friendships we so heavily rely on are celebrated each year, each year on Galentine's Day on February 13th. Originating from the popular TV show Parks and Recreation, the holiday is all about declaring love and affection to the girls who make up our support system. Go girl power. Yay. So I guess today is my Galentine's Day. Celebrate my abiding love and friendship for for Annette. Um, Yeah, I thought about going and getting my nails redone, but I didn't. I was going to get them done for Valentine's Day. You know, black. I think tomorrow I'll probably go back to my old Valentine's tradition of wearing black on Valentine's Day. You know, pre-net, pre-wedding and all of that. Um, (laughs) That's good. Okay, obligatory Star Trek reference. A picture of Worf and... Data and Counselor Troy and Picard and Dr. Crusher, all wearing plaid shirts. Star Trek, the flannel frontier. (laughs) Oh, God, you know my sense of humor, Ralphs. Um, Back to that religion as a belief system thing. Scott says, there's a hint in the moniker belief system. It's in the acronym, BS. Yeah. Believe, believe. You know, believe is just a fancy English word for saying, I don't know. I believe. No, that is just, you don't know. Anyway, uh, where were you Friday, Robin? Uh, you hooky, you, you, you bad hooky playing girl. I was not playing hooky. I was uh, actually got asked at the last minute because her ride fell through to go and pick up my daughter from work, which I did. Which then meant that there was no way I was getting back here in time to uh, in time to do the program. Um, Annette driving was not a possibility, so that left only me or my daughter on Shanks Mares. Because she A, doesn't have a car, and B, doesn't drive my daughter. We're working on that. We really, really are. But today was, yesterday was beautiful. Uh, I got, uh, I got Thai food from my friend Ging for Annette and me. She's taken to making these rice balls. Stop it, all of you. 
and I don't know exactly how she does it, but she, she the, the the rice and she wraps it around a core of like some kind of melty, really melty cheese, and then she uh, seasons it and breads it and deep fries it, and it's horrible for my blood sugar. But I was careful with what I ate uh, all day yesterday, and she serves them up with this fiery white jalapeno mint ginger creamy sauce and it's so good so good and just as I was uh, walking out I noticed the sky had turned pink blue and white so I had to get a picture of that and then today was one of those near perfect days it was uh, about 50 degrees and the sky was perfectly blue hardly a cloud in it and a little reminder that, you know, we're halfway through February. The shortest, longest month of the year. And almost just, you know, about a week and a month away from spring. And I saw that first little peeper last week. She was hopping across the road. So I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm so very ready. for the warming of the northern hemisphere. But, you know, that's 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 enough uh, shilly-shallying about. We've got balloons to talk about. I, yeah. And, and we've got, well... I'm not the only one to find something creepy in the Jeebus ads. AOC was not impressed. Uh, Now they're saying it was $20 million on two Super Bowl ads. And AOC saw right through it. Same thing I said a minute ago. Girl, we're on the same page. Something tells me Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads to make fascism look benign. And that's true. Because the primary message of both of the ads was uh, that Jesus was an immigrant and we should be nice to immigrants and that Jesus was poor, and we should be nice to the poor. But the secondary message was that politics is just too, too much. We're too divided by politics. There's only one problem, though. The non-religious are not the ones who have been driving political division in this country since the late 1970s and the rise, the very cynical rise of the moral majority as headed up by Jerry Falwell, uh, now in in charge of the Pineapple Reception Committee uh, in the uh, pernicious levels of perdition.
And, of course, on this program last week, we went into some detail as to where all those millions were coming from. And some of them are coming from the people who hate for women to exercise autonomy over their reproductive systems. Yeah, the green family of Hobby Lobby. I'm pretty sure that the Jesus they worship is not the same arguably non-binary they-them in the New Testament. Fascism indeed. That was just gross and good on AOC for having the courage. She always does. to call things out. So that, you know, the game pretty much dominated things, but uh, it was fun. Now, I mentioned the balloons. I don't know how much a an air-to-air missile fired by an F-22 costs. But I'm guessing it costs a lot more than, than the balloons. But we've shot, what, three of them down now? Today the White House said, well, yeah, we shot them down. We don't, we don't really know if they were spying. But we shot them down out of an abundance of caution. And I get that. Uh, White House National Security Spokesman John Kirby said, we don't know for sure whether they had a surveillance aspect to them, but we can't rule it out. And then they went on to say, because some people were beginning to wonder, there is no, there is no, because this is 2023, and this is the kind of thing you have to say to the American people and the people of planet Earth, planet Earth. Attention, Earthlings. Uh, There is no indication of aliens with these recent takedowns. I wanted to make sure that the American people knew that. Um, That was Corinne Jean-Pierre, press secretary to President Biden. I had a message from a dear friend of mine earlier today. And... uh, Uh, She said, uh, I just had a thought. What if these balloons are extraterrestrials and there's another planet out there with hot, smart, sweet, straight, single guys? I said, get in the balloon, Dorothy. 
Get in the balloon. Screw Kansas. We're going to Norblap 9. Yeah, meanwhile, Arnold and PA said, Jesus, no TV. Fucking balloon, balloons. Please tell us you know. Um, I wish I did. See, it just feels like we're being punked. We're spending $380,000 to bring down probably $200 worth of some sort of polymer balloon material. Sidewander missile on an F-22, Stephen New York informs us, as the Sidewinder missile on an F-22 ad hoc research department for the Horn, that uh, it's quite a bargain at $380,000 each, so... Now we're up to over a million dollars shooting down balloons. That sounds like something you'd hear about on the Carnival Midway, doesn't it? I mean, doesn't it? Yeah, come here, kid. Yeah. You shoot them three balloons with this here BB gun what's got the crooked barrel. Well, it'll only cost you a million dollars for three shots. Uh, Friday's shoot-down was over Alaska, Saturday's shoot-down was over Canada, and Sunday's shoot-down was over Lake Huron. But these seem to be operating in commercial airspace around the 40,000-foot mark, and so they could, at least in theory, that's what the White House is saying, pose a risk to commercial aviation. So, okay. Now, all of this, of course, is making is making the maggots. Well, it's making the spirochetes in their heads shriek, as in shrieker of the house, marginal trailer queen. Dave in the blind wants to know what would Jesus do with eighteen thousand dollars. I saw on the internet where that was the lowest level price for two people to attend the Super Bowl, period. I guess the NFL gets us to, uh, gets us, be kind to Gladiators Week. And the Lions versus anybody that the nation doesn't like next on the NFL card would be the gladiatorial experience. What do you think mixed martial arts fighting is? We're only one way, uh, we're only, you know, uh, one marketing scam away from adding the tridents and the nets. And just think, Jesus can have all this with his popcorn meals and significant other by his side. Charming, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Dave. It is. Balloons. And the wee lame balloon man goes teetly wee. On the other hand, the uh, Biden administration is announcing that a significant portion of the spy equipment from the first Chinese balloon, the one that we shot down off the South Carolina coast, uh, a crane ship has brought up what they described as a significant portion of the balloon's payload. It was as much as 30 feet long and had all the 
gear and the tech and the antennas and the, and the machines that went ping. God, that all happened on February 4th. That seems like it was half a month ago. The waters off the coast of Alaska where the second balloon went down are at present too cold to really do a lot of recon in. They're still looking, U.S. and Canadian authorities are, for the remnants of the balloon they shot down over Lake Huron. They think they'll recover those remains. Remnants, portions, pieces, what have you. But the question does become one of why. The climate, the, the, the climate data thing, I guess, is legit, but there's no need to hover over a missile silo over it. And as the balloon stories have proliferated, I was reminded of that story that I had here on the, the program years and years and years ago, talking about how the worst conflicts, the greatest bloodshed, seems to be inversely proportional to the stupidity of the casus belli. You know, a, a, an archduke gets shot in Sarajevo, and the next thing you know, millions, an entire generation of young men are dead in the trenches of Western Europe. And this seems pretty silly which means that the potential for it to turn into something really stupid and bloody, or maybe they, that maybe, they, maybe the Chinese want to check response time. wonder how many balloons they floated over mm, Taiwan or South Korea or Japan. We know they've floated them over just about every continent. Incited over Europe? Yeah. Oh, and another thing that uh, hit the wires today. After, because I've been following this story for a couple of months, I'm pretty sure. But after a significant period of time deliberating, and make no mistake, this will occasion hooting and grunting and barking, growling, shrieking, etc., on the part of the maggot faithful, President Biden canned the architect of the Capitol, a dude by the name of J. Brett Blanton. Because, among other things, the uh, inspector general for the architect of the Capitol revealed that he engaged in a massive amount of waste, fraud, and abuse 
the White House said to CBS News, after doing our due diligence, the architect of the Capitol was terminated at the president's direction. There's that passive voice again. What's wrong with saying, after doing our due diligence, the president fired the architect of the Capitol? Isn't that a little stronger? A little more muscular? Now, this was after the weaker speaker, uh, as well as Representative Brian Steele, who chairs the House Admin Committee, also called for his uh, resignation. This doesn't matter. The maggots will have a fit just the same. But the ranking Democrat on the admin panel, Joe Morrell, said President Biden did the right thing and heeded my call for action. He was appointed to his post and therefore not not suited to it by Nitwit Nero. There had to be some sort of graft involved. He would have otherwise served a 10-year term. Among other things, Blanton abused his authority, misused government property, and flushed taxpayer dollars down the toilet. He let his family go toddling around in three government vehicles that were given for his use to him, assigned to him. No, 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 it's okay, Muriel, take it to the grocery store. Uh, instead, they were used for a weekend trip to a craft brewery. They used for they were used for out of town jaunts. They were generally just used by the family. They referred to the fuel in the vehicles as free gas, as his daughter uh, chauffeured her pals, her gal pals, and her boyfriend. In the vehicle, free gas. And to show you what a class act uh, Blanton is, <laughs> he threw his wife and daughter under the bus. Well, more properly, under the Jeep Grand Cherokee. And said, y'all ought to take it up with them, with them not me. Representative Norma Torres from California, a Democrat, uh, said, I'm outraged that you would be in a comfortable place, sir, while the rest of us were thinking about dying that day and how we were going to come out alive that day, she said, talking about January 6, 2021. Outrageous that you were not here. And no, he damn sure did not respond in person when he was notified of the terrorist attack then going on against the seat of constitutional governance in the United States of America. Also in the internal report, a significant amount of administrative, ethical, and policy violations 
were discovered, as well as evidence of criminal violations throughout the investigation. Blanton misled and provided false information to investigators on multiple occasions. Blanton used taxpayer dollars to fund an additional personal vehicle for his family. In other words, crooked as a dog's hind leg, and therefore an absolutely perfect Trump appointee. So, uh, it'll be curious to see. It won't be earth-shattering to see who he, who President Biden names. Certainly can't be any worse than uh, this grifter. There was a traffic accident, and when the cops showed up, J. Brett Blanton... Uh, and when the other driver said your insurance information, he said, uh, oh, "It's a government vehicle. I'm a I'm an agent, secret agent man, huh?" The guy was disgusting, and this is an this is an. Example of a little teeny tiny bit of that rarest of phenomenon, namely some actual, no kidding, real live, genuine bipartisanship. But this being Monday, and more in Monday at that, and more in Monday the day after the Super Bowl into the bargain. You just knew that Marginal Trailer Queen was going to have to... Well, you know that old saying, better to be silent and thought a fool than to, than to uh, opens, open one's mouth and remove all doubt. Well, once again, Marginal Trailer Queen removed all doubt. Chris Stapleton sang the national anthem, you know, that song that has the verses we don't sing anymore about murdering black people. But uh, they're still there, just like the three-fifths clause is still right there in the Constitution. Theoretically superseded by the 13th Amendment, but, well, hope it sticks. Chris Stapleton was the only white person performing in the pregame. But Cheryl Lee Ralph sang Lift Every Voice and Sing, and the crowd roared. And Babyface sang America the Beautiful. So naturally, Marginal Trailer Queen tweeted, 
Chris Stapleton just sang the most beautiful national anthem at the Super Bowl. But we could have gone without the rest of the wokeness. I think we all know what woke, the heavy lifting that wokeness is doing in that quote. Could have done with all out all the blackness. Which is hilarious. Because Chris Stapleton is a supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, she did, mercifully, get roasted. Check out this Nazi and its white fragility. Nazi's gonna Nazi, fascist's gonna fash. Uh, Jude in the Great Northwest says uh, the firing of uh, J. Brett, what was his name again, uh, could only have been done by the President of the United States. Am I correct? Yes. As I read that somewhere. President of the United States does the firing. He does, but Republicans and Democrats both signed off on it, giving Biden a big thumbs up to go ahead and do it. And they did modify the law toward the end of the 117th Congress to make J. Brett Blanton easier to fire. That's interesting. Um, going back to the He Gets Us rebranding Oh Jesus ads. A guy by the name of Jack Holmes, thank you, Irish Dave, for this, said the He Gets Us Super Bowl Jesus commercials are a net win for America. Yes, the group behind the ad campaign has funded egregious causes, but an emphasis on Jesus Christ's message to love the other is welcome these days. Uh, he went on to say the stories will focus on the Servant Foundation, also known as the Signatory. They are the millions of dollars, many of the millions of dollars, uh, behind the Alliance Defaming Freedom. Remember them? Remember how they hoot and squall against anybody that they think doesn't deserve to really exist? They're horrible. And they're, 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 it's the same money at ADF that's behind... Oh... Uh, the effort to criminalize um, mifepristone, mifepristone, 
the abortion pill. ADF also claims to have helped to draft the horrifying uh, legislation in Mississippi that led to Dobbs versus Jackson women's health, which led to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. ADF was behind, of course, uh, the argument that that toxic website designer should be able to preemptively deny services to LGBTQ people. Of course, they despise people like me. And Jack Holmes at Esquire says, the He Gets Us ads might seem like a Trojan horse for a malicious form of American Christianity. It's impossible to know, but that might even be the intent. Rope people in with generalized non-denominational appeals rooted in compassion and human decency before you serve them the hate for the others. Seems like a viable notion. But Holmes says, personally, I don't think it's so bad for Christian messaging that actually reflects the words and deeds of Jesus Christ to be broadcast so broadly, particularly following an era where evangelicals boldly embraced a guy as their leader who reflected exactly none of the principles Jesus espoused. I don't know if the ad makers will have won any converts, but it could be useful for already self-identifying Christians to be reminded of the Savior's call to love your enemies, to be exposed to the idea that there could be justice in challenging the established authorities of law and order, even encouraging people to try to patch up the torn fabrics of their families, is a message the country could probably do with hearing right now. And then he says more than anything else, though, the refugee ad. You know what? Let me know when they produce a uh, let's help trans that we should stop we should stop trying to force trans kids to kill themselves ad let's let's see one of those because among other things the South Dakota legislature just passed another trans medical ban they will forcibly detransition trans kids. Uh, somewhere around the end of this year. That mean, means kids who have been on blockers will come off with blockers and they will immediately go through the wrong puberty. They'll get linebacker shoulders and size 13 feet and hands like catcher's mitts. I'm talking about the trans girls. The trans boys would like to have all those things, but they're not going to have them either. And I guess what that means is if you're a trans kid in South Dakota, you've got till the end of the year and then, then you know, rope. And it horrifies me to even mention that. The article at uh, Esquire by Jack Holmes goes on and argues some of the... Um, 
religious semantics. He says, maybe I'm just an easy mark, but I don't see the path from this ad to some new generation of anti-LGBTQ abortion, anti-abortion crusaders. The organization behind it should stop funding those efforts, but in this case, they're presenting a vision of Christianity to Christians watching football that's worthy of respect. Oh, my sweet summer child. There doesn't have to be a new path to anti-LGBTQ hate in the Christian community. It is already as broad as an eight-lane highway that is packed bumper to bumper. It already exists. And he was simple enough to say it doesn't appear to be a means of separating people from their money. No, that's what happens when they go to the website. Or moreover, that's what happens when they show up at the local gospel shop on the corner of hate and, of, of, of hate and disgust there in any town USA. And it's all tax-free. Hallelujah. Oh, but there are some... Uh, I, I'm leery. I'm as leery of corporate washing as whether it be greenwashing or, or or brownwashing or rainbow washing as the next girl. But I did see something the other day that just, well, it made my little heart go pitter-pat. It was an ad for Campbell's Soup. And it showed a couple of dads sitting at the kitchen table, you know, traditional family values kind of stuff. Because they've got their little son seated at the kitchen table between them, and they're serving him a bowl of hearty, body-warming, nutritional, delicious Campbell's soup, with with you know appropriately accompanying verbiage about Campbell's soup and made from fresh and delicious ingredients and vegetables and noodles and etc and yeah and somebody wrote into Campbell's and said I am disgusted you're promoting homosexuality what about the children and whoever's in charge of, of social media at Campbell shot back and said hi, hi Karen sounds like you need a Warm, soothing bowl of Campbell's soup to fill your tummy and help replace some of that hate that's consuming your entire being. Have a great day. That was a moment. Then, of course, over at KFC. Uh, the KFC Twitter, uh, Twitter account only follows 11 people. The Spice Girls and Six guys named Herb. You know, 11 herbs and spices. E, I'm going to hell for that one. 
And in the war to take back the culture war, to take back uh, the language, over at Fox News TV Radio Rwanda, on that utterly unwatchable show called Outnumbered, Well, they were outraged, I tell you, outraged at a $662 million grant program for ports of the United States that's administered by the Department of Transportation. And the Maritime Administration said it would consider how projects address climate change and sustainability, equity, and workforce development objectives, along with developing economic infrastructure. And uh, uh, Julie Banderas said, speaking to, oh, what was her name? Uh, Kennedy Montgomery. This is obviously the left politicizing Kennedy and using once again another woke agenda to basically punish those that don't believe the same rhetoric they are spewing. What does it say to those who are going to retire if they don't believe in this woke agenda? Then they get hurt after working 60 plus years. Wait a minute. Have the Republicans already upped the Social Security retirement age to 80? Well, that's when Kennedy Montgomery chimed in and said, well, it also doesn't address where problems specifically are. It's just this broad brush painted by a cracker who only wants to racially divide the country further. That is not necessary. Where they, where they, where she got, I got, I don't know. Cracker from somebody who takes their check every couple of weeks from Rupert Murdoch. Oh well, it's more in Monday. Kennedy Montgomery, more in nominee. Woke! They're going to have Emory and Marveline so triggered by the word woke that they're going to fall asleep at the mention of it. Right there in the matching Barca loungers in the trailer at the Ballerina Swan Lake tra- uh, Trailer Park and Country Club. Are you awake, Emery? I'm not woke, Marveline. Quit saying that. These people. There's so much, it, it does, it, I mean, it, it's made for more in Monday, of course, but it gets so exhausting. Also over there on Outnumbered, they done had a plum conniption over James Carville. You know, old serpent head as his beloved wife, Mary Magdalene, Mary Madeline, sorry, uh, refers to him. Because he went on MSNBC and said that the people who follow Nitwit Nero are, in his words, white trash. In particular, referring to those uh, maggots who 
heckled and hooted and grunted and squealed during the State of the Union last week. And he was not wrong. Now, remember when Hillary referred to the deplorables, the basket of deplorables? And all of a sudden, enterprising uh, enterprising T-shirt manufacturers of the Republican variety, I assume, were selling deplorables T-shirts. I personally, I, I think it would be hilarious if because they'll do anything they're told. The maggots will. It's a cult, and if they're told to wear T-shirts that read "white trash," they will spend thirty or forty dollars for two dollars worth of T-shirt. And, and and proudly wear that emblazoned across their chests. Because, well, what, what Carville said to Ari Melber was, we saw real white trash on display. Let me tell you something about Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. She dresses like white trash. She really needs a fashion consultant. I recommend George Santos. He could do a good job of dressing up where... She doesn't announce her white trashed him. Oh, that didn't play well over at Outnumbered on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda because Moran's back. Well, Democrat strategist James Carville's resorting to name calling to black. Resorting to name calling? No, honey, those are called adjectives. This is, of course, Kayli Maganini, uh, who couldn't so much as repeat her own name without buying when she was working for. Julius Geezer. Name calling. Name calling. It really isn't. You can tell when someone has agreed that they've resorted to name calling. He did not say, marginal trailer queen, you white trash dumpster diver. He said, she is white trash. White trash serving the grammatical purpose of describing the kind of person she is. It is not a name. It is a descriptor, but that's probably too much for Kayli Maganini. Last, the Republican Party, we've heard this before, over the booze and heckling during President Biden's State of the Union address. Well, uh, you know, I... Told people I have a clue a PhD in white trashology, and you saw real white trash on display. Hmm. And let me say something about Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene. She dresses like white trash. She really needs a fashion consultant. Can I recommend George Santos? He, he could do a good job of, of dressing up where she doesn't announce her white trash them by her, her own Whoa. clothes. Yikes. Um, you know, attacking a woman's clothes. I, I just think this isn't a good look, Marie. I knew this was coming to me. Um, <laughs> what are you? I was debating and then no, I was no, like, it's I Marie. You made eye contact. I mean, and and the, yes. the reporter was like, you know, look kind of horrified. I, de- I would not have used this language. I think there's plenty to criticize Marjorie Taylor Greene over. And the behavior of, of her and some of her colleagues during the State of the Union, I think it was. Now, now this is Marie Harf. You can tell what cer- point, p- what purpose she serves on the panel by the fact that she is a blonde wearing a blue dress. The blue is the tail. 
it's embarrassing. I wouldn't have used that term. But also, like, the kinds of things Republicans have called my party over the past doesn't make it okay. But, like, the pearl clutching is a little much when people say that my party, like, hates God and hates the country. So, like, politics should be hates better. The I would have done this. Marjorie Taylor Greene was embarrassing. Well, let's take a walk down memory lane and some of the things Republicans have been called by Democrats. The last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking. The Republican Party is basically a domestic terrorist cell at this point. They're starting to look like the jihadists. It's not a political party. They're a white nationalist movement. They're a fascist threat to our nation. A party of dupes, a party of knuckleheads, party of weirdos, party of freaks. You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Told ya. Told ya. The credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump. Uh, the funny thing is, that's not a Democrat saying that. That's Steve Schmidt, Republican. That, that wants to think that, <laughs> that, that Donald Trump's a smart one, and they're y'all, y'all, y'all elitists are them. <laughs> you, you elitists with your geography and your maps and your spelling, even though my your math and your reading. <laughs> yeah, you're reading. You're flushing and you're wiping. Yeah. You know. I love how that brought Don Lemon to tears. <laughs> well, yeah, and he said a, a lot of vile things himself. Also, James Carville is wearing a baseball hat and a T-shirt. Maybe, you know, sit the uh, clothing but comments he's out to Fetterman on that. there. Yeah, let's, not, let's not go there. You know, I, I'm okay with a little chaos, to be perfectly honest. I mean, you look at the House, there's 435 members from all different walks of life representing all different parts of the country. So you're getting- I'm into a little chaos. Oh, are you? Yeah, you know what? I think it's especially fun when the when the... When, when the camera pans over to say, you know, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, and he's there picking his teeth with his toenail clippings. Or who could ever forget that time when Senator Rafael, Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger-eating future king of America, ate his own booger on live TV. We're going to get a little bit of chaos. That's what makes the House special. But I, I do want to point out, I, I think Republicans... It wasn't the House, though, dipshit. It was a joint session of the Congress of the United States. That means even if you've got a rowdy House, it should be a respectful joint session. ...has done a really good job of reopening the House to the public, right? Of taking things back to regular order. I mean, if you look under Nancy Pelosi, everything was... Yeah, you know, taking things back to regular order... Taking down the magnetometers, making sure that mm, a member of Congress who has an AR-15 in their office can bring it onto the floor of the House and maybe maybe shoot the ceiling or some such. Maybe or, or so Lauren Bobblehead Boobert can 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 come to come to come to the floor of the House strapping. Sure, a little chaos is cool was very leadership driven. Now, under Speaker McCarthy, things are now committee driven, allow, committee driven, allowing both sides to have input on legislation going to the House for as, as opposed to just being you know, leadership driven. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a little handful of disaffected maggots can take away Kevin McCarthy's speaker and job if they want to. Getting rid of proxy voting. Now you have to actually show up and do your job. And imagine. Yeah, he kind of wished he'd not done away with that proxy voting when his genius member from somewhere in Florida fell off the ladder while clearing out the gutters or some such. And, uh, well, hopes he doesn't need him for the next four weeks or so.
or not. So I think that Republicans should get a lot of credit uh, for doing a lot of great things in the House. You know, Ari, that language was kind of mild compared to what we've heard from President Biden about not, you know, leaders in the Republican Party, actual voters. He said they threaten the very foundation of our republic. Ari Fleischer, y'all. Dim leaders, liar in chief. It's a rogues gallery over there, but it's more in Monday, so we do this. Public, they like anger, chaos, carnage, darkness, and they are a clear and present danger. Yeah, look, I've always tried to practice my politics at a respectful level, not horseshit, liar. Oh my God! If there was a real God in the sky, Ari Fleischer would be a greasy spot right now. Dipshit, I was alive when you were lying to the American people. I was paying attention, sugar. Aluminum tubes? Anybody? Yellow cake uranium from Niger? Hmm? Bueller? Mobile weapons labs? We don't want the smoking gun to be a mushroom cloud? And a million civilian Iraqis, a significant number of whom might still be alive to this very day, dead for the lies that Ari Fleischer repeated. Fuck you, Ari. Really? Well, the dried out cactus. Question the other side's motives, and I think that's the way everybody should be. That's how I was brought up in politics, and that's how I'll die in politics, because I just don't care for this. But James Carville, I want to remind you, when Paula Jones accused Bill Clinton, James Carville's boss, of sexual assault, a fact that Bill Clinton pled guilty to, lost his law license over, and agreed mm. to... Own- no, he did not plead guilty to sexually assaulting Paula Jones. Right there, a lie. You know, when you commit sexual assault, which is a felony, they don't just take your law license away. Almost $1 million fine. James Carville said about Paula Jones that if you drag $100 through a trailer park, right. it's amazing what you'll find that turns up. He is a hit- Well, I mean, we, know, we, we sort of know the truth of that from having seen a decade of Anti-Affordable Care Act litigation. That what? What do you? What do you think these? What do you think of these? These? These stinking legal chop shops do them with their 501c3s and whatnot. They go find themselves plaintiffs. They drag hundred-dollar bills through. Well, you know, but no sense in belaboring it any more than I already am history of doing this. And my advice to everybody in politics is if you're going to use the word white something, is it okay if somebody else uses the word black something or Puerto Rican something or Hispanic something? So if you don't... No, no, you don't have to use black something or Hispanic something or Puerto Rican something. There are standalone words, Ari, that get used all the time by members of your stinking party. Get down off the cross, you little piss ant. We need the wood want it to happen to somewhere that you care about, don't use those words yourself. None of us should engage in that type of talk. No doubt. Starting with James Carville. Emily, I'm so grateful that you brought up the historical nature of the attacks that he's levied, because to me, I see it coming often from the Democratic Party. Why don't then they ask themselves, why do voters feel disenfranchised? Why do members of the Republican Party feel unseen, disrespected, mocked? Fuck if I know, hon. Because God knows, every everywhere you, everywhere you turn, you've got some idiot with a MAGA hat on who will talk to you about their weirdo MAGA politics, whether you want to talk about that or not. 
I was scrolling through a dating app. A dating app, for God's sakes. And, oh, swipe left, swipe left from hell. Uh, this profile for this dude is nothing but a political cartoon of Trump backhanding Biden saying, put the country back the way it was. You're going to get lots of dates that way, especially on that site, sugar. Unseen and unheard. It's amazing what a big old whopping paycheck from Rupert Murdoch will make you immune to. Make you immune to everything but COVID. Especially concepts of racism and justice. Maggots are unseen and unheard. Oh. Why as well, if they are so elite and so much better educated than all of us, why are they... Nobody said they were. But this is a show, it's, it, they, they should call it straw man boxing. Because those four women and that one dude, in this case Ari Fleischer, stand up there and beat the stuffing out of straw men. They win arguments against people who haven't said anything. Acting terribly, then. Why are they insulting a sitting congresswoman, not on the basis of her arguments? Why are they not saying, why is she calling the president a liar? Why is she arguing this? Let's talk about it. Instead, they are ripping apart what she wears. Mm -hmm. This is appalling. It is beneath anyone who considers themselves a spokesperson of the party. And I think it's at the root. I don't think James Carville considers himself a spokesperson of the party. That's a that's a paid position. But beyond that, mockery is one of the greatest tools that we have, at least according to rules for radicals. And you can tell how effective it is by the degree of dudgeon and faux outrage coming from the well-quaffed ladies of Fox. Root of the fact that no matter what, the Democrats... He commented, she commented... I just misgendered myself, son of a bitch. She commented on her hair. How dare her? Well quaffed is not an insult. That party will see every can't believe I misgendered myself. I do that every now and then. It's gross. Maybe my estrogen's low. Everyone else as less than them. We will never be good enough. We've talked about this before. We will never be educated enough, good enough, smooth enough, rich enough for someone like Hillary Clinton or James hmm. Carville or the person that is occupying the commander in chief position. Well, there's no way of really disproving that because she's never going to try. She's going to be she is going to be maggot, 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 maggot until, well, maybe that day when she wakes up and finds out that she can light a cigarette down in the bunker, if you know what I mean. God, they are a delicate and dainty gang of little snowflakes, aren't they?
Oh, and I mentioned earlier the the good Christian mom who was mad at Campbell's soup. Well, the uh, erroneously named one million moms, which is a uh, wholly owned subsidiary of conservative Christianity Religion Industries Incorporated, Inc. Um, They're terribly upset. Because TurboTax, no, really, One Million Moms, the Purity and Decency Organization, is mad at TurboTax. Oh, dear. They're mad at TurboTax because TurboTax has produced an ad that shows a couple of guys or a couple of girls, I haven't seen the ad, walking down the aisle and getting married. And so one million moms is going to cancel TurboTax. TurboTax should be ashamed of attempting to normalize sin by featuring two gay men. Oh, it was men. You knew it was going to be men. Because, you know, one million moms, one million husbands uh, will get all, would, would be getting all hot and saying, no, don't criticize the ad with the, 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 the women. I want to watch. Now, it's a couple of gay guys getting married. Uh, the ad's called Not Taxes in which they say that uh, you know there are so many things you could enjoy doing other than doing your taxes, which is not enjoyable. Well, this did not sit well with One Million Moms, which is a fraud organization driven by the American Family Association of Tupelo, Mississippistan, founded by, I presume, the late Donald Wildman, and passed on to his uh, his his git Donald Wildman coming to pre- uh, prominence way 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 back when I was just a pimply faced little baby Christian DJ for his relentless attacks on Warner Brothers cartoons. Mm-hmm. And it's all tax free. So they put out a petition for the one million moms to sign. I disagree with the LGBTQ agenda you are forcing on families. I'm not buying into your social agenda to push the gay lifestyle. Honey, scrapbooking is a lifestyle. Barbecuing and tailgating before a college football game is a lifestyle. Being gay is just another way of being human. Just like whatever it is that you do, million moms, when you're out there being all straight. And redefine marriage. Your latest ad offends me, as well as many other conservative customers. If TurboTax continues to air this inappropriate commercial, then I will avoid your business, especially during tax season. Good. Of course, they put out a statement to go with it and everything. 
TurboTax should be ashamed of attempting to normalize sin by featuring two gay men getting married in the 2023 commercial, not taxes. Obviously, TurboTax is promoting same-sex marriage to please a small percentage of customers while pushing away conservative customers. What about the conservative customers who are divorced? They're million moms. You know, your boy, the brown-skinned Palestinian day laborer and semi-literate itinerant rabbi who wore a dress every day of their life said not to be getting divorced now. I wonder how many divorcees there are among the one million moms. Bet you more than a few. Ah, but they weren't done. TurboTax is using public airwaves to... Sub- Honey, cable companies are not public airwaves. You're, pro- you're probably not bringing it in on your rabbit ears antenna anyway, dipshit. Using public airwaves to subject families to the decay of morals and values while belittling the sanctity of marriage in an attempt to redefine family. So I guess they... This is probably the same bunch that sent the hateful message to Campbell's Soup and got told to fuck right up a tree. Even though homosexuality is unnatural... Sugar, you have never been anywhere around any other in, in, any in, in, any animal life on the planet, have you? This advertisement is pushing the LGBTQ agenda. Once again, really need to know about the agenda. An even greater concern is that the controversial commercial is airing when children are likely watching television. TurboTax crossed a line that should never have been crossed. They're glorifying sin, and no sin should be honored. Put down the shrimp, Sheila. One day we will answer for our actions or lack of them. We must remain diligent and stand up for biblical values and truth. Scripture says multiple times that homosexuality is wrong and God will not tolerate this sinful nature. Well, he is all-powerful. He could have wiped it out any time. But, but then again, he created the gay people to begin with. Oh, you ignorant fox. <sighs> God will not tolerate this sinful... Mm, no. Yeah, that's why he made his son ambiguous of, of, of ambiguous sexuality. Oh well, drives them crazy when you it, dri- it drives these little little maggot evangelicals crazy when you say you know it's kind of interesting how Jesus only hung around with boys, never got married, which was really a out there kind of sign back there and. First century CE Palestine and all. Romans one twenty six twenty seven, which they would not dare to, you know, reprint an accurate translation of from the original gutter Greek. But, you know, maggots going to do, evangelicals going to do what they're going to do. Oh, and look here. 
This should be fun. We're beginning to see signs of more and more people entering the Republican presidential pageant process for 2024. And we have a new entry. And the question is always with all of these, how many of these people are actually running for vice president? He's got a book, this new candidate does, and it says he's prepared, and, and the uh, description of the, of the novel, it's not a fact-based story, says that uh, his core message is he, it, it, he, as he's preparing to make a presidential bid in 20, 2022. Then the publisher said, oops, Thomas Nelson, oops, uh, that was an error not done at the direction or approval of the senator or his team. That's right. The senator in question is none other than Tim Scott. Oh, yay. The Wall Street Journal had the report saying that uh, 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 anonymous sources who were familiar with uh, Tim Scott's plans that he will file to run. He's excited to share his vision of hope and opportunity and hear the American people's response. Huh. Be nice if the American people's response was sit the fuck down, you boot-licking maggot. But this marks a bit of a sea change because people are beginning to maggots, former maggots, are beginning to test the waters and see if it's okay to separate themselves from nitwit Nero. Tim Scott has already appointed co-chairs for a fundraising super PAC, and he's already making plans to speak both in Iowa and South Carolina stand, Iowa stand and South Carolina stand, which is presidential candidate stuff to do and it's kind of a finger in the eye to one of his fellow South Carolinians namely Nimrata Haley the woman who was so bright that she was conned into thinking she was talking to the president of Poland when she was actually talking to the morning zoo crew of Moscow 97.7 the vulgar boatman Well, it'll be fun to hear uh, if Nitwit Nero decides to go after Tim. Some call me Tim. <laughs> Can't risk another frontal assault at Rabbit's Dynamite. Jeremy in Vermont, Neocon, again with the gays and how they affect Neocon morons and their belief in Jesus and his love of large governmental control over minorities. Oh, wait, he didn't. Precisely, Jeremy, precisely. Randy Radar says, have we had enough of the billionaires yet? Oh, I think we had enough a long time ago.
Oh, and I, I wanted to make man. This is one of those. This this could be like a Trojan horse. It's the kind of thing where uh, you see a headline and you think, hmm, I better read that. Not so much clickbait, but you feel like you're being intellectually abused. And in this case, it was a story... Out of, oh, there they are, South Dakota stand again. South Dakota Senator Mike Rounds showing up on the Sunday show with Jake Tapper over on CNN this past weekend. The headline, this was like, Republican Senator warns Congress must take action now to protect Medicare and Social Security. Anytime a Republican says they want to protect Medicare and Social Security, it means it's time to go out and stock up on cat food. Or Jack Mackerel, or you know, whatever's cheap. And that was the case here. Mike Rounds of South Dakota, talking to Jake Tapper on Sunday, said, In the next 11 years, we have to have a better plan in place than what we do today. Or we're going to see, under existing circumstances, some reductions of as much as 24% in some sort of a benefit. A lot of specifics there, huh? So let's start talking now because it's easier to fix it now than it would be to, uh, five or six years from now. All of this because Joe Biden made the Republicans clap for protecting Medicare and Social Security. But the Republican Party has despised Social Security from the moment that FDR signed it into law. And Republicans have told, told their children, and their children have told their children, and their t- children and children have told their children's children's children that someday they, Republicans, will finally restore balance and order to the world and get rid of Social Security and get rid of all of those useless old poors out there eating all the food that wealthy people would like to spend on a new yacht. So when a Republican like Mike Rounds of South Dakota stand says that he wants to shore up Medicare and Social Security... Or benefits will be cut by 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 24%. You can bet your ass he's not talking about lifting the cap, which is the one thing that will fix Social Security in an instant. In an instant. Now he's talking about raising the retirement age to 77 or 80. And Medicare eligibility, raising that to maybe 77 or 80. There's been some pushback and call-out lately on uh, Medicare Advantage plans. 
And God, the lobbyists got busy, and the next thing you know, Republicans are all standing up and, and pledging allegiance to Medicare Advantage, along with the flag. Because they do know where their bread is buttered. And they know that in between that butter and the, the bread, there's, there's some shit. And every now and then, the lobbyists are going to make them eat it. Shore up Social Security and Medicare. And Rounds went on to say, we think that there are possibilities out there of long-term success without scaring people and without tearing apart the system and without reducing benefits. But it requires management and it requires actually looking at and making things better. See, this is that whole reading between the lines talent. Better for who, Mike Rounds? Better for the Mike Rounds class? Better for the hedge fund managers? Because if we do lift the cap, they will squeal like pigs and bleat like goats. No doubt about it. Oh, and thank you. Hey, thank you to Will in Van Nuys. Hey, Will. Uh, Will just met Ralph's challenge, so that means we are down to $975 to go to get caught up. Uh, basically, that's today, Thursday, Wednesday, and $75 worth of last Tuesday. So we're almost a week behind. Thank you, Will. Thank you for, for matching Ralph's challenge. Uh, speaking of, uh, uh, Jude said, the Dominionists have taken great hold. They come as lambs, was the subject line. Video presenting the actual Jesus of Nazareth as something they, someone they have reverence for falls so blatantly short. The seven mountains mandate of the D Dominionists is of total control, so unlike the Jesus of Nazareth. Being at the border with the boots, I was especially unnerved by the false concern about immigrants. Ah, rough, intense spot today I find myself experiencing. Take care, everyone. You take care, Jude. Be especially kind to yourself during those rough spots. And afford yourself all the grace that you need because you deserve it all and more. And we've reached the halfway part of the pro uh, point of the program. We've had many more ends today. There will probably be many more. According to the Washington Post, a domestic relations court has ordered a mother to stop breastfeeding her child. Prince William County, uh, Virginia judge in late November told Arletta Ramirez to make every effort to place the child on a feeding schedule and use a bottle so that this month, Mike Ridgway, the father, can have four visitation days and overnight visits. Here's the thing. The baby girl 
has been breastfed from birth and feeds every hour and that makes it difficult for her to turn the child over. Arletta Ramirez said, why are they forcing me to stop breastfeeding? Isn't that her right? Isn't that in her best interest? No, she's not a fetus anymore. She doesn't have any more rights or interests, Ms. Ramirez. And she and the baby daddy broke up about a month after the baby was born. And Ridgeway, on the other hand, says, uh, Well, I gave her the space to both nurse and to pump milk and fill bottles for me to feed the, for me to feed to the baby. Past the age of six months, I will continue to support breastfeeding and bottle feeding our daughter breast milk as much as possible, while also supplementing with formula only when absolutely necessary. That's going to wreck baby's tummy. It's actually difficult, and I was, I've been reminded of this in the last six months or so. It takes some doing to find the right formula for any given baby, and there's a lot of misery in finding that. If, and, and there is, then again, medical science doesn't matter much anymore, I guess, you know, when and you got South Dakota and West Virginia and Alabama, et cetera, making um, making war on actual medical science. But medical science is abundantly clear that babies do best on the milk their mother produces and that that breastfeeding an infant is best practices and Mike Ridgeway isn't going to bond much with the little girl anyway not at that age meanwhile because blame the woman this is sickening. Tara Steinard, whom Ridgeway chose because probably better to have a woman in, as your lawyer in this fight, said that Arletta Ramirez was using breastfeeding as a way to salvage her relationship with him. Oh, you gross girl, What? That's revolting. I mean, I presume he was the one who boogied in the first place. And I don't even want to speculate on the whys of it, but I got some pretty good ideas. Uh, 
Back in 2017, apparently this is not uncommon. A host at HGTV, Nicole Curtis, was compelled by a court to stop breastfeeding her child when her sperm donor started raising a stink for visitation rights. She said, I had no idea that a judge could say you're court-ordered to not feed your exclusively breastfed child. It's important that children have both of their parents, but preventing me from breastfeeding my child just so she can see the dad is not right. But as long as men are the are the people in the black robes making these these decisions, mm, then again, maybe 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 it wasn't a black robed man who made the decision on Arlotta Ramirez. And the fact that you would that, that, that anyone would use something like this as a means of trying to break the bond between a parent and a child. <sighs> Wanna bet that Mike Ridgeway's a Christian? Yeah, me neither. Let's run over to the Skype line. Hey, Scott. Jesus, would you look at the time? Jesus, would you look at the time? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the minute I saw that over the weekend, I giggled and I ran. Uh, and, I, and I blew it up on my phone and I ran in and I showed it to Annette and she she fell <laughs> apart. To... I want that clock, okay? I, I'm just ready to confess. I want that clock. I, I think if you uh, Google Jesus, would you look at the time, you can order it. On Etsy or one of those uh, places. I would very much like to have it hanging here in the studio. And just for the folks. With the pla- <laughs> with the bronzed plaque underneath that says, Jesus, would you look at the time? <coughs> it's uh, it's one of those, um, what is that dark wood? Um, mahogany? Mahogany. Well, it's not mahogany. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, but it's irregularly cut around the edges. Yeah, it looks like kind of an antiqued pine, really, to me. <laughs> and it's lacquered real well. And it's got a clock. It's got a clock built in and a painting of Jesus looking up. Staring right at the clock. <laughs> <clears throat> Pardon me. But the, the, the story that you uh, gave about the breastfeeding, was the date line on that, did you say Prince William County, Virginia? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Let me take a drink of something here because I've got. You want me to mute oh. you for a minute? For a minute, I've got the cough switch over here. <clears throat> uh, no, that's all right. I'm going to take okay. a, a, a sip of something. Yeah, Prince William County is in the north. It's it's still considered Northern Virginia. Uh, Arlington is the closest in Arlington County. And then Alexandria is a little further south from D.C. And then Fairfax County, which is a bastion of liberal voting, is a little bit to the west, I guess, of Alexandria. And I think Prince William County is just south of there. It's down toward uh, Woodbridge and Manassas and yeah, I think yeah, yeah, places like that. 
But I just, you know, I, I'm not a Bible scholar by any means. But in the four Gospels, I am sure the the uh, the text syncs up pretty well one way or another in the uh, arrival of Jesus. Now, you remember that he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, okay? Yeah. And I'm sure that the King James... That's probably some pretty scratchy-ass wool for that area. Oh, I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. But you got to figure that Mother Mary... They, meek and mild. Meek and mild. Um, there, there weren't no quick trips or, or no. fast trips or <laughs> quick stops. No Rippy or, Mart. No, none of that. No Wawa. And, and nature has provided the perfect nourishment source for the child, for the baby in swaddling clothes. And I'm sure that the Virgin Mary, the Blessed Mother, as we used to call her in the Catholic uh, d domain, you know, whipped one out when Jesus started squalling because he was a baby. I mean, an infant. And I True just enough. Don't see, I don't see what the big deal is. I mean, but these people, I mean, did, you, uh, did I just these people? <laughs> well, it's okay to these people, those people. Okay. Well, anyway, I, ju I just, it just, I don't know how much longer I can take it. You, you, you're going to have to make an adjustment to the story mix. And I know it's, you know, it's we need to know what these fools are up to. But it seems endless. It, it's just leaven it with a little good news or something. And I know that's, there's not a lot of good news, at least on that side of the uh, equation. But God damn, Robin, it's, it's just, it works my nerves. I mean, I, 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 I sit here for the, for, you know, for the monologue. Makes you yearn for a proper regrooving, doesn't it? Oh, God, yes. I want to, if I have to go down the hardware store and get the equipment to fashion myself, uh, you know, a regroover, I'm almost tempted to do it or look on a book of matches and send in the coupon and enroll in a regrooving uh, academy, gun repair, VCR repair, and regrooving. And get my uh, by mail diploma, distance learning. Now I'm telling you that, and a lot of us like to be as far away from learning as, as we, we possibly be, can know? be. Yes, <laughs> that's what's the case with these crazy people down in Princeville. Oh, and, and by the way, I don't know if you noticed it, but over on Facebook, uh, Claire, our, our pal across the pond in Mary Oldie Engeland. I saw the photo. Yes, uh, she. Uh, she said she enjoyed our, our back and forth there toward the end of the program on Thursday immensely. Well, I'm glad. It's it's nice to because uh, we we nice. all we all just need some occasional well wackiness zaniness. Well, yeah, wackiness is there's a place for this. I mean, I'm sure that you know Jesus confounded the scholars and the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all that crew in the temple as a child. What was he, like 13 or something? And uh, I'm sure Jesus did his share of knock-knock jokes, and I'll bet you he, he did them really well. I, I can't think of an example. Well, I mean, but, I can. Uh, uh, Kurt, yeah. Von, Kurt Vonnegut always said he thought that, uh, uh, that Jesus was sarcastic and comedic, oh. and he said uh, Jesus' best one-liner is, you know, the poor you have always with you. 
Because remember, I think it's Judas who wants to, he sees somebody washing his feet and using some sort of expensive spice that had been given to them. And is it, shouldn't we say, hey, boss, shouldn't we sell that and give it to the poor? You know, actually do it, taking the message and the lesson in and applying it. And Jesus gets, the poor you always have with you. Rub my feet. Yeah, well, Judas, Judas was not uh, to be trusted. His motives or his methods or his... I uh, see that. No, no, no. This is more of a Wednesday thing, but I I guess I was troubled all along, but I really worried my mom when I was little, and I said, Mom, Judas has to be in heaven. What? He betrayed our Lord and Savior. Yeah, but Mom... Nobody gets saved if he doesn't get crucified, and the only gets the only way he gets crucified is if somebody he was part of God's plan. Well, that that makes perfect sense to me. And I would find out decades later via a book um, written by a dear friend of mine, Jeff Biggers, called "In the Sierra Madre" about a year that he spent among the Raramuri people in Mexico. Come Easter time every year down there, they put on an Easter pageant, just like Catholic cultures do all over all over the planet. The only thing is, they came to a completely different understanding of the Gospels. And the hero of the, of the Rara Murray Easter pageant is, according to Jeff Biggers, Judas. Judas is the good guy. Hey, boss, you got to get crucified, right? Yeah, okay, in, in I'll make it happen. In today's terminology, he would be the facilitator. Yes, yes, he would be the enabler. Enabler, yeah. Well, I did, you went to Bible school for a while, didn't you? Oh, God, yes. Well, then maybe you're the perfect person to pose this question to, since we're on the subject of, G, of uh, Judas. Uh, and believe me, if, if Wheel of Fortune ever did a Judas puzzle, I would buy the vowels quickly, because it's J-U-D-A-S-J-E-S-U-S. There's not much variance when those uh, vowels are uh, are blanked out. Yeah, and what I, happens when you have to use an I instead of a J? Oh, yeah, well, there's that. Yeah, that sign up above the uh, crucified Christ, I-N-R-H or something No, like I-N-R-I. That. I'm nailed right in. <laughs> i tell you a story about the... Uh, the third grader was in public school. The little boy was just trouble for every teacher he ever had. So even though they were Protestants, the parents forked over the money to enroll him in Catholic, private Catholic elementary school. And on the first day he came home from uh, the first day of school, he came home from from school with a note for his parents and the parents opened the note. Was the kid's name Little Johnny by any chance? Well, it may have been. It may have been. And uh, with a note from the nun, his uh, teacher, uh, complimenting him on his wonderful, almost angelic behavior on his first day in Catholic school. And the parents were amazed amazed, because this guy, this little kid, Johnny, uh, was was just an unrighteous terror from preschool to kindergarten to first grade to second grade, and now he's in the third grade. Uh, and they just couldn't figure out. So they sat him down after dinner to inquire further, and they said, what 
you know, this we're very proud of you that the teacher, good sister uh, Lollipop, uh, sent you uh, home today with with this complimentary note. What? Uh, how do you account for this cha- dramatic change in your behavior, old Johnny? And he said, well, I got there and they showed me where my desk was and I put my books and pencils and, and color and sticks away and looked up on the wall and there was a man nailed to a cross. And I figured these people aren't fucking around. So <laughs> these people are playing for keeps. So anyway, <clears throat> And that little third grader grew up to be me. I know that we use the name Johnny, but that's poetic license or something. No, okay. I well, know. I mean, little Johnny joke, you know. You know, I had a – my third grade sister – none. Not my sister. She's my biological sister. My third grade teacher initially was a nun called Sister Osmana. I don't know if – not Amana, like the freezer. Osmana, O-S-M-A-N-A. And she was like three days older than Moses, okay? And apparently my adult uncle, Ted, had had her as a teacher when he was in third grade, to give you some idea of how old the woman was. And this was in, let's see, third grade would have been 62 going into 63. I think fall of 62 and to the spring of 63. And she took ill about two weeks or two months into the school year. And we had a, I think my first civilian teacher. And I'll see if I can find a picture to send Miss Fitzgerald, who was from new England, who was a cousin to president Kennedy and all the other Kennedys. And if, if I ever find the picture and send it to you, you will see the family resemblance but she was from the Fitzgerald part of the of the Kennedy clan. Lovely lady, and uh, uh, she's one of those teachers, and there are very few of these, that as an adult, if they were still around, I would like to contact them and thank them for the positive influence, you know, that they had, you know, in my growing up years, my uh, Wonder Bread years. Yes. But anyway, I got off on that tangent. I didn't mean to. No worries. I honestly didn't. But yeah, getting back to to what I was saying before, it's like there's it's just it seems that the drumbeat of madness is more relentless than it has ever been. And that's, I mean, that's one reason why I think people are not, we're, we're, you know, between, between four years of Trump, well, five years, five and a half years, if you consider going back to the escalator ride going forward. So you've got roughly five years of Trump madness, and then you have a good two and a half, three years of, of the COVID thing. It's no wonder people are, are just feeling beaten and 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 beleaguered and bewildered, you know. And I, this would be the time. To me, isn't it the perfect time for people to come together and agree on what they can agree on and work out the rest later on down the road? I mean, or am I being too Pollyanna-ish? 
Oh, well, you know, you were our resident optimist once upon a time. Yeah, kiss that goodbye. That, that ship <laughs> sailed and sunk. It, it certainly has. I mean, i got to take another sip. Ah. God damn, that's good coffee. Or as the FM DJs on the overnight shift used to say, mm, great coffee. Great coffee. Yeah, I was one of those. Now another hour of Gordon Lightfoot on KWFM, FM, FM. By request, <laughs> Stairway to Heaven. Back in a minute. Yes. What was that? Uh, what was that? Uh, um, all of our music was on carts at this one station where I worked overnights. And there was a tune that I could actually put on dash out the door, lock it behind me, get in the car, drive a block and a half to the quick trip. Get, get a pack cigarettes of cigarettes. And, and, and other essentials. And get back. And I know you're not supposed to leave a federally licensed oh, no. facility. But we all did, but didn't we? Yes, we sure as hell did. Uh, Some of us <laughs> climbed out on the roof to smoke a cigarette because there was no smoking in the, in the gospel voice. Well, yeah, I could uh, I could understand. Well, the Mormon, the Mormon station where I worked, uh, the Bonneville station, didn't allow smoking. And I told you the story of getting locked out on a Sunday morning of the facility because I didn't take my password thing. Yes. To punch out the co the code, and the only other human in the building was the lady over on the FM side. And I'm sure it was during the, the top of the hour NBC News. And I went out, had my Territon 100, and uh, went to reach for my wallet where I kept the key card code, which I had left on the, uh, the console in the studio. So it's doing me no good outside with the news on the hour, the moments of that dwindling down to a precious few. And to this day, I don't know exactly who called, but somebody apparently figured I had dropped dead or something and called the FM lady to have her go do a welfare check on me. But, uh, I, God, the adventures. It was magic. It was a great time. So I wish uh, radio would be more like it used to be. Yeah, but it's I've never I've never yet seen a PC lock the uh, lock the door behind them and go get a pack of cigarettes. I mean, that's the problem. A, a, a what? A, a, a computer. Oh no, no, no. That's actually that the, the 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 ruination of radio falls under two main uh, areas: consolidation, deregulation, and uh, well, just those two things. That's done more to fuck up a, a really decent industry, you know, which has a place in, in local uh, communities. All the stations, even now in this year of 2023, are technically licensed in the public interest, need, and necessity. Now, they don't focus on that and haven't for years. But how well are these local stations serving the communities, piping in like 90% of the programming and having the attitude and opinions expressed skewing a certain way? You kind of alluded to it with some of the Fox News viewers 
you get a steady diet of that for 15 or 20 years. And even if you weren't terribly warped to begin, to begin with, after 10 or 20 years of that crap, if that's the entire uh, uh, bank of your knowledge, uh, then you're pretty well screwed in terms of uh, your relationship with reality-based reality. Or am I putting too fine a point on? No, you're not. You are not. <clears throat> I mean, this is this is just a we're we're in a cultural mess because I've got a, it, you know who Candra, Candace Cameron Bure is, right? She Candace was Cameron, Cameron Bure. Bure. Yeah, she she was one of the adorable kids on Full House, and now she's saying. Cancel culture is real. Wait a minute. Is that the show that Dave Coulet or whatever his name was? Yeah. And yeah, Bob Saget. Used, and... Yeah, Saget. Yeah, I never used to watch. I know of the show. They had, That's the show that had the delightful little little twin white girls, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Yes. Um, well, she's. It, she said it's terribly, terribly important that uh, young Christians, even though they're going to be persecuted – talk about truth but do it with love but it's important that we don't back down and of course what she's talking about is hating people for how they love each other which is just no, sickening just I, no, sickening she's a, she's a, a, a christian person a true oh believer. yeah yeah she's yeah she's an evangelical christian all right well i would like for her to blow the dust off of the cover of her uh, bible Whichever version she uses, King James, Revised Standard, New American, any of them, and show me where Jesus had anything whatsoever to say about the uh, topic that has got her panties in so much of a twist. See, because to me, that's if you are Christians, that is to say, followers of Christ. If a subject comes up that you're not sure how to react to it, you should go to the source, which contains the words supposedly in red, or the words supposedly in red, of the Lord and Savior Jesus, before you start hurling stones. Now, I do know he talked about stones and not hurling them, it, it, well, it, unless you, you were without sin or blemish or right. fault yeah. yourself. That's when the rock comes back, comes up from back in the crowd, crunks him in the head. He's got a bleeding flesh wound running down into one eye, and he uses his one good eye, and he looks to the back of the crowd and says, Honestly, Mom, sometimes you really piss me off. <laughs> and what the – isn't there an incident where, where he's at the beach with the 12 uh, he's at the beach. apostles? And he gets down on one day. And all those hunky, all, all those hunky dudes are sitting there rubbing each other down with olive oil. Is that the, is that the scene? Wait a minute, you're 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 thinking about the Bob Guccione uh, version of these scriptures. <laughs> you don't want that. Well, they was all the time anointing each other. Oh well, yeah, but that's you know that was to slip out of the room quick when Jesus started uh, casting uh, aspersions and stuff in their direction. Jesus. I mean, Judas was the slipperiest of them all. He was like... Uh, well, I mean, it's right there in Matthew 25. He says, you, you all are so dumb. Because he's going. He's just gone through the whole business about how's the homeless, 
feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the suffering in prison. And the first thing that those idiots can come up with is, yeah, but when we die, who's going to sit at your right hand? And do we? And, and is that person going to crown? And he saw, you can read the, you can just right there, the frustration. Oh, yeah, you all get crowns. Well, Why do I talk? Why I do I even that. bother to explain <laughs> shit to you people? You're fucking morons. Did you just you you people the disciples? Yes, I you people the disciples. <laughs> well, you know th- when you think about it, I kind of they're not a bright lot. I kind in that particular episode, I kind of imagine uh, Jesus having the voice of either Ren or Stimpy, whichever one he used to say, "You idiots." <laughs> That's Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I just yeah. Where's your Moses now? Uh, and... <laughs> oh, there's never a bad time to drop in Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rico, where's your Moses now? It's curtains, curtains for you. Oh, they're adorable. <laughs> curtains for you, Rocco, or is it Rico or Rocco? I don't know. No, Rico is uh, Giulietti's uh, code name in the Federal Register. But anyway, Jesus. God damn, I'm free associating. Jesus, look at the time. Jesus, look at the time. (laughs) you got to stand with that brogue. Oh, by the way, I need to mention here, because we're in the final hour of the program this evening, uh, we can can actually make a big dent in the hole. Um, An anonymous, our anonymous friend has put forward a challenge, a two-for-one tripling challenge. If we bring in 150 bucks... It's going to get two for one matched up to 300 bucks. So it's a chance for your five to become 15, your 10 to become 30, etc. And it, it would be great if that challenge could be met because, well, if I could just get this damn power bill out of the way and stop sweating that little bastard for a couple of minutes, that would be beautiful. And please let an early spring come, but I know. Uh, things are beginning to pop up through the ground here, like, you know, the jonquils are the first, to, that and the ramps. And then those things are hardy enough. They'll actually keep growing even if there's a layer of snow on. But, I mean, the grass is looking green. See, it's a fake out, Robin. Oh, it is. You know, you and know, the apple well, trees will blossom, and then we'll have a hard freeze, and it'll be like, man, eh, fuck the apples. Yeah. So, but um, maybe that'll provide some respite from the from the power bill if we can just warm up and we can turn some heaters off. Well, I don't mean to, to brag about. Oh, California. you're gonna do it. You're gonna. Yeah, I know. I got a message from uh, uh, San Diego Gas and Electric telling me that the little bonus, the kickback that we get twice a year, which is normally March and September. Is going to be applied to the February bill. Why don't more states do that? They don't have that kind of money. Well, no. I, I mean, I, West I, Virginia's I, sitting on a one point two five billion dollar surplus, but we're probably going to use that on, you know, make West Virginia a great big old governor Jim Justice's. Um, Tax dodges. Yeah, or defense fund. But the uh, I, I forget what the, 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 the deal is. And this has been going on for several years where um, 
Apparently, it has to do with a rebate given back to the customers, the ratepayers, because of something that California has done. It's about somebody using an entity using alternative, uh, like more green fuel or resources. And it's like a, it's an attaboy or an atta girl for all concerned because our state is leading the way in being responsible consumers and, and energy generators is what it amounts to. So, no, I wouldn't expect them to be doing it in uh, the land of coal or in another part of the country where it's the land of oil. But out here where we, we kind of, take a leadership role in doing things responsibly and not just for the benefit of the poor or for the uh, left or for the right or anybody in particular, if you're a rate payer, you know, California in conjunction with, you know, with the, uh, and there may be other power companies in the state that do this as well. And it, it's a nice little treat to see that people are behaving appropriately when given the chance. But the problem is in a lot of the country, that's the last thing your state uh, legislators or uh, governors or uh, uh, organizations and utilities, that's the last thing they're gonna do because it's too much like right, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, And again, it goes back to if you put others, if you if you give as much consideration to the state of others as you ordinarily do regarding the state of yourself, isn't that the loving thing to do? We don't even have to add religion to it. It's a Christian, uh, a traditional Christian attribute. But if you don't want to bring religion or theology into it, it's the kind way to behave and, and to interact. And and it, it doesn't really take too much more energy to do a higher thing than it does a lower thing. But then again, you know, I, I've talked... Till I'm blue in the face about this and nobody seems to listen. Ah, I mean, I think, I think people listen, but... It's what we've been inured to. You know what I mean? It it it, it works. You know, every year we decry the, uh, the 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 attack ads on TV, in in terms of politics, and nobody likes them. Everybody claims to hate them, and then they work. So we keep doing them. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. I've seen it. I'm actually old enough to remember a time when those things were more the exception than they were the rule. You sold a candidate or a measure or whatever on the basis of either past performance or what he or she intended to do if elected. And it, it really began to uh, 
I guess 64, the Goldwater campaign and the LBJ campaign, when he, when Lyndon Johnson ran for a second term in his own right, on his own behalf. Uh, oh, God. The, 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 I can't remember who was responsible for the Daisy ad and some of those ads, but... Which I only mean, ran that, once. Well, the Daisy ad ran once, but there were some others. Yeah, I know, but the just, Daisy ad ran once, but is forever in, it, 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 cemented in political lore of this nation. Yeah, and it was overkill in the sense that you really didn't need to go out on a limb like that and bash Goldwater with that particular hammer. I mean, his motto was, in, his, in, his, in your heart, you know he's right. And the alternative to that was in your guts, you know But in your nuts. guts, you know he's nuts, right, yes. yes. And later, he did. He actually didn't, he redeemed himself in a sense by uh, uh, paying a visit along with Hugh Scott of the Senate and uh, John, somebody of Arizona, a congressperson, pay, paid Nixon a visit about a week before he resigned saying, look. You, you got to go. You got to go. We, you know, we we've run enough cover for you, and we can't do it anymore. I think Goldwater's words were, you know, Nixon was saying, "How how is my support in the Senate?" And Goldwater's response was, "Was like damn few senators, and I am not among them." You know, yeah, the stalwarts of, in the in the uh, Senate, and basically, you've got to. Uh, You've got to uh, just be straight with people and say, look, you know, you fucked up, Dick, and it's time for you to go. And, of course, we lived through four years with Trump when nobody had the courage to say that to him. Oh, no. Because, no he, because he knew he had a firewall in the Senate. Well, and see, that's the problem. That's the problem. It's like that saying of Mark Twain's that I like so much. Always do right. It will gratify some and astonish the rest. We, we have really, we're, there's a deficit with our doing of right in the, in the, in, in the precincts of, of power and just in our society generally. And Randy, and, Randy Radar points out, if candidate Fetterman hadn't run negative ads against Dr. Oz, we Oz, we've had Senator we we'd have Senator Oz by now. That may be true. But I don't know if it's actually running a negative ad when you run the guy's own video talking about shopping for crudités at a grocery store that doesn't exist. Yeah, that's I wouldn't say that's negative. That's just basically You know, I'm thinking more I'm thinking more in terms of what uh you know, what was done to John McCain in South Carolina? Did you know he has a black baby? Oh, God. That's, and I was no great fan of McCain. Nor I. But, but I mean, you have, to, you have to take note of it for what it is. By the way, the Daisy ad, because Theo knows everything. The ad was produced by Tony Schwartz primarily for Lyndon Johnson. It's about as subtle as an LBJ political ad could be expected to be. Mm -hmm. And then back to uh, the breastfeeding discussion. George, and this is cowbell material. I mean, this is real big cowbell material, George. I hope you know what you've done. Hey, Scott, when Mary was breastfeeding Jesus every hour and she had to change size, did Jesus turn the other cheek? 
<laughs> is that quality or what? That's great. That is Calgo worthy. I like that. Yeah. Oh, and, and thank you to uh, thank you to David in in uh, Albuquerque. Thank you so much. We are now down to under only one hundred and forty dollars to go on the uh, tripling challenge, which would actually get us four hundred and fifty dollars toward the nine seventy five that we need to raise. So that would be huge. Um, another, you know, well, so, you know, there's about 45 minutes left and maybe we can round up, uh, maybe we can round up uh, 140 bucks. It's only 14 people at 10 bucks. More than 14 people oh, listening. I was going to ask you, um, and I can't remember what it was that was said that reminded me just now, but you played an audio of, I believe it was the uh, the guy who was McCain's campaign person in 08 who had a hand in bringing us um, Godzilla Alaska. from Wasilla. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't that Steve Schmidt? Schmidt, yeah. Who has seen apparently the error of his ways in the wake of Trump or during the uh, era of Trump. And... Uh, I think he's uh, not even a Republican anymore, which is probably a step in the right direction, Steve Reno, you know. But um, what, what did he what did he say in the audio about? He was just tearing them a new one and being very sarcastic, but reality based in his assessment. Yeah. Uh, and, well, uh, yeah well, he was he was taking the. Using a British and Australian phrase here, taking the piss out of the maggots. Well, that's a horrible job. I hope it pays well. Well, it, <laughs> it, it's. Uh, oh, I don't even know if I can find the story again now, but. Uh, he did. He he did a maggot. He did a maggot accent just like I do. Oh, and by the way, Carrie Lake, uh, the maggot lady who keeps claiming that she was done out of the governorship of Arizona. Oh, God. Well, will, will she ever shut up about that? <laughs> no. Uh, but she was there at the Super Bowl. God knows why. Maybe at the invite of Rupert Murdoch or somebody. Who knows? But when everybody else stood for uh, the second song, the one that... Marginal trailer, uh, lift every voice and sing. She decidedly remained seated because she could not be photographed standing for what is informally referred to as the Black National Anthem. Now, she's not currently in office doing anything. No, she's out there. She's out there uh, barking and grunting about how they done they done election frauded the governor's race away from her. Yeah, but doesn't she want to run for a Senate seat? Oh, she probably will run for Senate in Arizona against Kirsten Sinema and uh, and the Democratic nominee. I, I just it, it just troubles me that 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 we've gotten to this uh, point. It, it just troubles me. I, I and I don't know what to do about it. There's nothing that really can be done about it. Except just continue doing the right thing, call them out on their horseshit, 
and encourage uh, friends, neighbors, associates, relatives, and strangers on the street if you have to, that there's a better way to uh, to proceed. And uh, they're not giving a good example. And I think people, you know, maybe we broke the spell with, uh, you know, with the election in 2020 and then the midterm. What the hell? Fire trap. Must be bad going out the road. Happens every now and then. Oh, dear. Is one of them yellow ones or is it a red one? Oh, ours are, ours are red mostly. Yeah, see, I don't think that the yellow ones ought to be allowed. I don't... Uh, it's like firemen, firefighters, I should say. Should Do you know why be... fire engines are red? No, I don't. Well, two and two is four. Four times three is twelve. Twelve inches makes a ruler. The famous ruler was Queen Mary. The Queen Mary sails the ocean. The oceans are full of fish. The fish have fins. The fins fought the Russians, and the Russians are always red, and fire engines are always Russian. Are you... <laughs> you run rings around me logically. I, I, makes I, perfect sense, doesn't it? It makes perfect sense now that you've explained it to me, Robin. I, I, uh, I'm going to have to listen to the replay and jot that down, because that's worth repeating. Two and two is four. Four times three is twelve. Twelve inches makes a ruler. Famous ruler is Queen Mary. Queen Mary sails the ocean. Ocean's full of fish. Fish have fins. The fins fought the Russians. And fire engines are always Russian, so that's why they're red. There you go. You, do you know why uh, firefighters wear red suspenders? Hold their pants up. Bingo. There you go. That's uh, there's your bonus points for them. Why did the chicken cross the road? Because it was there. No, to prove to the possum it could be done. Well, yeah, there's that. Uh, well, the, the, things are. You talk about the the state of interaction politically in this country today. You can't even do the old joke. Why did the chicken cross the road? With getting arguments from some right wing chicken about you questioning. His motive or her motives. It, well, yeah, that or, you know, why <laughs> yeah. we got to be talking about all this, all these woke roads. Yeah, yeah there's that. And that's Communism. Another, that's another thing. Who came up with this woke horseshit? Well, hold off. <laughs> woke was just a shorthand phrase for being enlightened as to the state of American history and affairs and what it means to be black in America. Well, okay, the question should have been, who came up with this anti-woke horseshit, is what I meant to Christopher say. Christopher Rufo, as far as I can tell. He's the father of all right-wing bat-shittery right now, uh, to the point that he's been put on a college board of governors by Ron Monkey up DeClantis down in Florida, even though he's from the Manhattan Institute, which I think is in New Jersey. Did you say bat-shittery? Yes, bat-shittery. Would that include uh, areas of nut-bucketry? And dumb fuck, fuck they chair a common border. Yeah, okay. It's rather porous, really. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, no, they don't question you much at the uh, at the borders. You batshit? No, I'm not fuck. Oh well, we'll let you in anyway. 
but I think Scott, within because we're talking about things on a sort of macrocultural um, level. I think, among other things, the fact that we cannot have a a Super Bowl, which is, in the end, just a football game. That's the toy department when it comes right down to it. And, man, this is bad. Still with the sirens. Which way are they headed? I mean, are they... They're They're turning right or left onto my road and going out the road toward Ramsey. I mean, I can still hear them. I don't know if it's car wreck, house. But this is unfortunately, I'm. This little family is not the only family that, that heats its house entirely on space heaters or kerosene heaters or propane heaters or what have you. Oh yeah. And shit can go sideways if you're not very very careful. Um. Well, the thing that I thought of was in the early '70s, uh, west of uh, DC. The plane crash, the passenger plane crash at Mount Weather, and the first thing I thought was plane crash. But I, I hope it's something fairly innocuous. No, that's it. what it sounds like every time we get a house fire or a car blowing up or a meth lab going up, something like that. You know. How do you get any sleep with all that going on? Uh, well, what's extra double plus fun is when the is when the semis come roaring down the road, hitting their Jake brakes for all they're worth, and you know about three o'clock in the yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's conducive to a a sealy, posturepedic morning. But what I was saying is, we can't even we can't even have a football game without it just spiraling into some political nonsense, and without fail. The political nonsense always comes from the butt-hurt white wing. Witness the fact that Marginal Trailer Queen was having a fit over Lift Every Voice and Sing. And I'm sure she's pissed off because then uh, Lauren Bobblehead Boobert, uh, Clanny Oakley, turned around and tweeted pissed off about the same thing. America has only one national anthem. Why is the NFL trying to divide us by playing multiple? Do football, not wokeness. Good God. How how dumb they sound. I mean, they must on some level. But it's apparently a good dollar somewhere along the way. You and I I don't get it. The Horn Family Community Congregation does not get it. But this will get you money into your campaign account. Yeah, Marveline, you know what? I don't know why they got to play that woke national anthem for all them black people. Yeah, you're right, Amory. And if you've ever uh, read the words to Lift Every Voice... It's beautiful. Oh, it's it's inspiring. It, it, It grabs you right by the heart. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoining uh, rise. And when she tweeted that, that's what somebody sent back to to her, saying, uh, perhaps we might educate you on the lyrics. It's not divisive. It's instead about unity and togetherness. And then cited the lyrics. I haven't gone and looked at the whole thread. I, I, I wonder if somebody at least cited the kill all the black people part of the national anthem. And that's a gross thing to say, but it's there because Francis Scott Key, for whom that bridge is still named. Oh, yeah, Key Bridge. 
was a virulent racist, despised black people, and got off on mur- on writing that verse about murdering, lynching anyone who had accepted the British offer during the War of 1812 of liberty in exchange for service to the crown. Because by then, Great Britain had already eliminated slavery. But it's woke to saying, but but curiously enough, she didn't have a fist, uh, she didn't have a shit hemorrhage about somebody singing "America the Beautiful." It's because it's because that song is referred to colloquially as the Black National Anthem. Yeah. And therefore, it's dividing our country, which is just a butthurt way of saying making white people feel uh, feel bad by reminding them of history. But there's nothing about that in lift every voice and sing. And of course, the the the, the right wing butthurtery would not be complete. Without a tweet from, or a truth, who came up with that? We know. From Nitwit Nero. Epic fail. This was about the halftime show, which again featured... Epic fail, God. which, Which again featured a person of color. They just see all the whiteness draining out of America everywhere they look. They've been. They, they have been. Speaking of breastfeeding, they have suckled it at, at, at Tucker Carlson's hateful teat, and 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 drawn in all this awfulness about great replacement theory. There won't be no white people left. And so he sees a he sees a talented black <laughs> entertainer on the stage at the at the Super Bowl. Epic fail. Rihanna gave without a question. Believe me. The single worst halftime show in Super Bowl history. You know, this after the Who was on up on stage a few years ago. Fucking walkers. I'm kidding. Nothing about walkers. <laughs> They're just old. But it was great to see that Pete can still windmill. And but anyway, there's a. This is this is, this is two hundred proof geezerism. Okay. Because the thing is, the halftime show, if you think about it, is actually a subtle reminder to anybody who is going, oh, cool, I love this song, that you are now officially old. You are in a demographic that is no longer cool. And I forget who it was that point that, that made that point uh, based on the halftime show of a couple of years ago because you know, if, if you're if you make the halftime show you're at least in your 30s and remember never trust anyone over 30 you old hippie you um epic pale Rihanna gave without question the single worst halftime show in super bowl history believe me this after insulting far more than half our nation, which is already in serious decline, with her foul and insulting language, also so much for her stylist. Really? Oh, man of orange? Now, a stylist, a stylist could mean 
the person responsible for the way she was dressed, or it could have to do with the person responsible for her, her hairdo. Or was he? Or both. A, or both, yeah. Probably more, and given the uh, person who uh, is coming up with this uh, nonsense. Uh, it did more light more often than not it's going to be referring to both because you know we must have we must comment on how people dress we must comment her her, on her, her insulting what more than half of insulting far more than half of our nation well what did he quote her what did she say because i must have slept in that day because i don't recall i missed the insulting and provoking language too I mean, I'd be the biggest. I mean, if it turned out that she'd said, you know, fuck Donald Trump with a dried out cactus, I would have been the, become the biggest Rihanna fan on earth. But I'm pretty sure she didn't say that, Scott. Well, the natural co uh, response to that is ditto, to quote a um, fellow with a pineapple stuck somewhere uncomfortable. Oh, and by the way, George and Corsgold said, uh, you and Scott are delightful. Thanks for the cowbell. I was afraid it was a ganer. It was not a ganer. Oh, no, 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 no. No, that was perfect. Did Jesus turn the other cheek? To get... Yeah. <laughs> That's another cowbell. Just because I got to think of it again. Uh, but so now we are down to 90 bucks. 90 bucks to go on the tripling challenge that will knock off $450 of our $975 um, fundraising home. Thank you, George. Thank you so much. And by the way, uh, uh, as to why did the chicken cross the road, uh, Theo says, I once watched a chicken cross a road to get from the right side to the left. Evidently, it was a political expression. You could be. <laughs> um. Oh, and uh, Brendan reminded us, listen to a song, uh, back to the Judas thing, listen to a song by Brit lefty musician Leon Rosselson called Stand Up for Judas. The first, usually, the first listening usually scares even recovered Christians, but give the lyrics a good listening. Stand Up for Judas? Yes. I'm going to look that one up because that sounds like... Uh... What uh, what is the uh, what is the uh, thrust of the song? Uh, well, he, it, it, it's it's a secret. You have to listen to it. Okay. Brandon says, "Peace, lady. Peace, Brandon." Now, what is it? What is the name of the artist? Leon Rosselson, R O S S E L S O N. Leon Rosselson. What uh, what uh, type of music? You're is, asking is, me things I don't know. Oh, I was okay. not provided with this. Well, all right. I just, I just, I thought maybe it was an artist that you were familiar with. I mean, I, no, I, no, 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 no. That's new to me too, and I'll be listening to it after the program. Stand up for Judas. Uh, and as Flavio puts it, Rihanna. While I'm not familiar with Rihanna's music, I'm from the '80s where we had Prince. Great line, great line, Flavio. And what I heard didn't move me. The fact she dug so deep under the orange one's skin instantly endeared her to me. Precisely. Anything, any, but then again, he probably didn't give a shit, Flavio. She could have done a medley of Stephen Foster numbers, and he still would have had <laughs> I don't know why you had to. <laughs> oh, the sun shines bright. Right. Oh, my. No, I know the lyrics to that, too. Don't go there. <laughs> 
The 19th century was a hard time for lyrics. Music, uh, that particular tune, uh, my old Kentucky home, music to wax your turtle by is uh, what I always think of. <laughs> look at the shine on that turtle. Jesus, shine. would you look at the time? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let me see here. Okay, uh, Ralph's uh, found a medium post. Ah, uh, medium makes me crazy because it seems like I never stay signed in. What is? Is this a website? Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. Let me let me try it on my phone here because it may be it may still be be signed into medium. This gets so confusing. There are so many websites. Um, Leon Rosselson says, uh, I wrote stand-up for Judas sometime in the 70s. I knew it would be controversial, to put it mildly, and get me into any number of fruitless arguments, so what prompted me to write it? Here's the story. I was walking down the Harrow Road in a dreary part of London. There's a non-dreary part. <laughs> Don't hate me, Claire. I'm just playing. Um one bleak December day, you're not helping yourself, Leon, when I passed a church. A large placard outside caught my eye. On it was written in dramatically bold letters this quotation. If you believe not that I am the Christ, you shall die in your sins. John 8:24. For some reason, I felt indignant. Not that being in or out of my sins when I'm dying concerns me, but this seemed so presumptuous. Who is this cocksure Jewish preacher to make such an assertion? And how come so many different groups and people of such different, even opposing persuasions claim to follow his teachings? How can liberation theologists and evangelical Christians, supporters of apartheid in South Africa and opponents of it, Ronald Reagan and Martin Luther King, Bruce Kent and Tony Blair, all cite the Jesus we only know from the Gospels as their moral guide? And he goes on at great length to explain that lyric. So Leon Rosselson... Stand up for Ju uh, Judas. Thank you, Ralphs. Thank you so much. And that's on uh, Medium, the uh, the article? Well, the, the article Medium. is. Um, I'll have to check that out because I've never heard of Leon. And I uh, anybody has the guts 50 years ago to write a song called Stand Up for Judas is okay in my book. Yeah, well, you know, he'd be perfectly at home among the Rara Murray. Well, it's that C of E, you know. They don't believe nothing. I don't think the Rora Murray are Church of England. The bishops just haven't figured out a way to deal with them yet. Well, there was, you said there, he what inspired the song was a quote. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. In yeah. front of the church, so it's got to be C of E. Although they do have other... No, they let them Catholic in England now. Too Catholic, a verb. Who knew? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I, I just um, I'll have to do my homework because I I I you would think that I would know something about such a song, if not the uh, composer. So I will have to uh, do some a little bit of research and find out more. And I definitely want to hear that song because um, think of one of my Bible thumping friends and maybe post it. And maybe they'll happen upon it and get all get all steamed. Up. Nah, you're just you're just you're just trying to need you're just trying to needle them over their woodies. Well, I, you know, I 
you know, I don't hold back usually. I mean, I try to stay civil on Facebook. I do. I do endeavor to do that because a I don't want to get banned, and b I want to not add to the problem. But sometimes you have to make a point that's valid, because I do have some people that I actually have a couple of people on my meager little friends list who are Republicans and who more than likely the first time around voted for Trump. And uh, I I don't. I have I have no hesitation when it comes to uh, you know letting them know that there are other ways of thinking of things than the way that they do. And I've actually had people, you know, uh, unfriend not not unfriend me. I'll always be their friend. But if they choose, if they can, if I if what I had to say, and I'm usually rather gentle in my, in my, uh, uh, well, not always, but more often than not, I'm gentle in my making of points or reminders, gentle reminders to people about stuff. Uh, it's their decision, but I'm not going to unfriend somebody, even if they post something that I disagree with. I may mention it, but I'm sure, sure as hell not. They wouldn't be friends in the first place if, if they were that easily abandoned, you know? Well, yeah, true enough. Uh, so I just saw this. I mentioned earlier the that AOC pushed back on the stupid Friends of Jesus ad, and the content. Let, let's be let's be clear here. The content was not stupid. Be nicer to each other is a good message. To that extent, I agree with the guy from Esquire, uh, Jack Holmes. But when you're spending millions of dollars. <clears throat> To do it because you're because the people who practice your religion and most loudly tout it are horrible, 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 disgusting, revolting, hate-filled human beings. There's a problem in having to rehabilitate the all-powerful Son of God. And apparently, uh, what's his name? Jason Vanderground, a spokes creep for He Gets Us, who was interviewed, of course, by Fox News TV Radio Rwanda said, our research, well, if you have to use research to find out what, well, never mind. Our research shows that many people's only exposure to Jesus is through Christians who reflect him imperfectly and too often in ways that create a distorted or incomplete picture of his radical compassion and love for others. Nobody's arguing that, Scott. To the extent he was real, he was murdered by the state for suggesting maybe that people be nicer to each other while occasionally throwing the occasional temper tantrum, occasionally, occasionally. Well, and had they had buses back then, he was de definitely thrown under the bus by the religious authorities of the time. But he, he went on and said, we believe it's more important now than, for, uh, than ever for the real, authentic Jesus to be represented in the public marketplace as he is in the Bible. So they want him right there next to the mangoes and the bananas. Oh, dear God, we're back to bananas again. I'm not playing the song. Well, wait a minute. Didn't you bring up the marketplace? Didn't uh, Jesus overturn uh, Yes, he did. And, and, he wasn't and, into marketplaces. Well, no, no. He, would, he didn't like the idea of... Uh, Selling religion. Well, that, you know, which is what these... 
you know, if you really believe what you believe, you shouldn't need the uh, the tax dodge. You should do it for its own benefit and reward and importance. And the tax uh, uh, issue shouldn't even enter into it. But all of these are, what are they called? Five O one C threes. Yeah, yeah. I would be curious to see how many of them, if they woke up a week from today, and they no longer got that benefit. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't, but how many of these uh, places would fold up their tents and move on to something else if there if there weren't a, a, a tax benefit, a tax dodge benefit to it? Right, and that's exactly why they're doing it as the breakdown of it. Uh, that um, the young woman, I think her name was Rebecca Watson, so brilliantly showed. But moreover, it's the you know um, this idea of promoting inclusion and and amid perceived division. Uh, until the churches stop putting up signs saying that LGBTQ people are going to hell, and until Cameron, uh, or Con- Candace Cameron Bure, stops saying that the network that she ha- heads is going to produce content that has no gay people in it. Honey, how are you going to make a TV show with no gay people? Oh, oh, it'll only be there are no gay characters. Uh, there will of course the, the there will of course be lots and lots and lots of gay people working on the production if she can get them to do so. You know, until that stops, these guys can fuck off with their million-dollar ads. You know, they want to—they want to get all Jesusy so bad they can go. They, they can try a little dose of, of, of physician heal thyself and get up in the faces of people like, oh, I don't know, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, uh, Graham, Billy oh, Gr- uh, Franklin. Yeah, Franklin. Yeah, I always think of the start of the. Uh, Twilight Zone episode with the with the gam with the one armed bandit that spoke to Franklin Franklin and it always sounded like falling money <laughs> Franklin until he and the he and the machine go out the window of the of the of the hotel in Vegas Franklin yeah but no really really he gets us motherfuckers uh, why don't you go after Franklin Graham go after Kenneth Copeland go after Creflo Dollar. Go after, uh, go after the freaks at Falwell University. Okay, go after Bob Jones University. Go after Oral Roberts University. All of these places that have strict religious uh, uh, condemnations of people based upon how and who they love. Go after them. The rest of us are doing just fine. Maybe if the, maybe if the ad had been fonted, this ad is aimed at Republican Christians, because the liberal and the progressive left are not running around calling for bills that would kill people by taking medical care away from them. The liberal progressive left is not out there trying to limit a woman's access to control of her own reproductive system. Everything that those ads were complaining about were things that fucking Republicans are doing. Yeah. 
you know, this Vanderground dude said, what could possibly be louder and more powerful than hate? Love can, but not just any love, confounding love, unconditional love, sacrificial love, the love we see in Jesus. What if we tried to love our enemies the way Jesus loved his? How would it change the tenor of our conflicts and our conversations? Well, I'm sorry, I don't have superhuman powers. And when my entire state government is hell-bent on my elimination, I don't know how to look at them and say, well, you know, you want me dead, but I love you anyway. The very content and tone of the of the ad flies in the face of them loving their enemies, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I, uh, and by the way, know, Stephen New York offers uh, a whole different interpretation. There is the notion that Jesus died for sins as expiation, which is admittedly the majority theological view. This is also the view that the Dominicans have propagated. However, if one reads what the Franciscans view of the redemption, and which John Dunn Scotus beautifully articulates, you find that the redemption did not happen at Easter, but at the Incarnation. That may be a bit... Angels counting angels Boy, dancing on the head of a pen, but I, I get I get the point. Uh, the, the, in other words, the birth of Jesus. Presumptively, yes. Huh. I never thought of it that way. And that kind of is a is a, is a throwback to the original deep um, crevasse that developed very early in the formation of the Jesus cult. Because some people wanted to go down the road of saying, look, let's live like he lived. And the dominant side said, no, 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 we got to die like he died. And so from the moment the, 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 the Gnostics were suppressed, and later on with the suppre- suppression of Arian, but by then it was too late, Christianity is and always has been a death cult. No less so than any of the various mysteries practiced by uh, the Mithras cult or by the priests atop the temple of Huitzilopochtli in Tenochtitlan. It is a religion founded on death. Well, yeah, and that goes back to, I mean, from the Old Testament going forward. And preferably grisly death. Oh, yeah, the, the bloodier the better. And it all has to do with that uh, blood sacrifice. And, that, and, and, uh, and this, this, this silliness that Vanderground puts forward about uh, it would change the tenor of our conflicts and conversations. Well, not really. The guy, the, 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 the guy pointing an AR-15 at a room full of people like me is no less a murderer if he says, Yeah, but I love you. Jesus said to love you. Bam! And that's, but the bottom line is the brand is failing. Every year, when the Pew Foundation does its its uh, survey on religious values in the country, there are more and more atheists. Well, yeah, and and most of those, are, you know, atheists are made, not born. I'm sure some of the hardcore atheists would be very mad at me for saying that. 
but I know a lot of atheists who were raised very much Christian. And they are atheists specifically because of the Christianity in which they were raised. Because it's hateful. It's full of bigotry. To this day, I do not understand how it ever actually got very far along simply because of the amount of hate that it pumps out for women alone. And oddly enough, some of the most fervent believers you will find in any modern American church, and and European, and anywhere else for that matter, are women. I guess because of the promise of some sort of better afterlife, because over the vast majority of this planet, the life of women is shit. And it's made that way by men, religious men. Thinking back on it, I I mean, I... um... I know people who believe me to be a a rather old soul. In other words, I've been here several times before, and each time I get measurably better, you know, with each new appearance, okay? But thinking back at it, in the 60s, as a, as a youngster, even first and second grade, maybe not first grade, but second grade going forward, I was skeptical, even as a child, of some of this stuff that was being, you know, presented to me uh, in terms of the the various God myths as told by the Catholics. And that was back in a time when you don't dare, you dare not question, you know, the authority of, of the nuns or the priests or the Pope or anybody. This was uh, tantamount to, uh, you know, calling God or Jesus or whoever a liar. But even as a as a young child, relatively youngster, I found myself saying, "Well, I don't, I can't explain exactly how, but I'm, you know, I look at this skeptically." And then it, got, it the whole dynamic got complicated because my first three or four years of uh, Catholic education coincided after that the years coincided with the changes of the Second Vatican Council when a lot of really heavyweight changes in the liturgy and in the church itself, and in how the nuns dress, and all all this other stuff came into being. And that caused a lot of problem, especially for older people, because they are thinking in terms of a entity of some 2,000 years duration, making sudden, drastic, dramatic changes that I'm sure shook them in, 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 in meaningful ways. But, I mean, I, I'm old enough to have been in the Catholic faith when if you ate a hamburger on a Friday... You were fucked. Y- you were fucked big time. Okay? But then the, it changed to where you could eat... You didn't have to eat, you know, shrimp or lobster or fish, fish sticks or any of that stuff. You know, and I, I was... To give you the, the thought that I put into it, and by then, we're talking about fourth or fifth grade when these changes were being announced. Uh, 
I'm the kid sitting there at the back of the room, having had the memo read to him about the new uh, Friday dietary uh, 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 changes, thinking, what happened to the poor bastard who had the cheeseburger the Friday before the new thing went into effect? Well, they can't, they can't have that. People that young asking questions like that and even thinking about stuff like that. And, and, and ultimately, I had to leave the organization because I just, you, you know, there's only so much nonsense that you can expose yourself to willingly. And that's the problem with the people on the other side of the aisle politically and culturally and religiously and all other ways. There's nothing more dangerous or demented than someone who believes their own bullshit. I mean, really actually believes it would die for it, you know? And you've got to, on some level, you've got to take those people serious, seriously in the sense that they really mean what they're saying and they will, they're more than willing to prove it to you, even if it's not healthy for you. So I don't know where I was going with that thought, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, um, I do. And I want to in the room and I'm going to take a couple of extra minutes here. Uh, maybe somebody will, some bodies want to help finish the challenge. We're down to 90 bucks to go, which would be super huge. <coughs> um, first of all, uh, Clarence jumped in and explained what it was that uh, made Nitwit Nero hate Rihanna so much. It's actually a uh, story from today's Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Rihanna spray paints anti-Trump message at iconic Cadillac Ranch in Texas photos show. And bless her heart, I mentioned it earlier, and damned if she didn't. Fuck Trump, the pop singer spray painted at Cadillac Ranch in Amarillo, Texas, according to pictures she posted on social media. Because it can't, it's you know there's there's ten Cadillacs who are buried that are buried in the ground, and people are invited. It's an art installation, and people are in, in, invited to come and paint on them. And so she went there and painted "fuck Trump." Uh, this was a while back, and she said eighty-one days, and that was at the time the length of the the number of days before the election. Did you? Is that in Texas? Yeah, I didn't realize that. I know. I and know she also at one point and said uh, when when uh, he wouldn't uh, when he wouldn't call the mass murders in El Paso and Dayton, Ohio, acts of terrorism back 2019, she said Nitwit Nero was quote the most mentally ill human being in America right now. And she also went after him for using her her music at his rallies. And then, of course, the maggots had to run out and, and spray paint over it. I kind of thought it was disrespectful for her to come to our town. That was Grady Hodge speaking to a, radio, a TV station. This is the heart of Trump country. Of course, she had a right to do it. But as you can see, we came out we uh, and, and we came with bigger forces because this is Trump country. 
So that's thank you, Clarence. Thank you so much. And I want to give a little shout out um, to our dear uh, our dear sister Haley. Haley did a thing today, and I'm proud of you, girl. Haley went to the state. Uh, Haley lives in Arkansas, and she went to the state capitol in Arkansas, loud and proud, and testified against the latest anti-trans hate bill being promulgated by that hateful. Uh, piss poor excuse for a legislature and she was there when what I'm about to play happened a state senator named Matt McKee of course a repiglick um, uh, who by the way uh, his senate office number is area code 501-622 0860 area code 501 this is public publicly available information um, his email is matt at matt mckee m-c-k-e-e for arkansas.com matt at matt mckee for arkansas.com he decided to try to humiliate one of the women who was testifying there today and it's disgusting uh, trigger warning for anybody with any degree of common decency out there, and that's the entirety of this uh, family community congregation. Young woman testifying, Matt McKee questioning. This will work a lot better if I actually pot up the audio. Don't want to miss a second of this shit. You said that you're a trans woman. A trans female, yes, ma'am, sir. Do you have a penis? That's horrible. You're the one. You're the one that brought that into the discussion. You said that. What a fucking pig! Now, for starters, we can go down, and nobody wants this. A lengthy digression. Just no. He had no business asking her that. That was no. That was no. That was of no relevance whatsoever. And the man is a disgusting sack of shit. Is he asking anybody else sitting there? Is he asking his cis colleagues whether they do or they don't? Are, by the way, are you working for video? Yeah. Or audio, just audio. Video. I would be curious. The reaction. And I think it's worth playing the, the 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 reaction of the people who were there. I would like to hear the breakdown, because I that's so horrendous. You would think the people on his own side would say, "Geez, what the fuck's wrong with you?" Well, I don't know. There's a lady wearing a cross necklace who doesn't appear to be too happy about it. You're a trans woman. I trans female. Yes, ma'am, sir. Do you have a penis? That's horrible. You're the one. You're the one that brought that into the discussion. No, she didn't. No. She said she. She said she's a trans woman. I said the same thing a couple of Thursdays back. I introduced myself in the house of in the House of Delegates in West Virginia, and I said, "My name is Robin Kincaid, and I am a woman of transgender experience." This will now become the go-to question in every one of these filthy hearings. 
They will ask every trans woman who comes up there whether they do or they don't. And here, this is how sick they are. They briefly show this puzzle-gutted, pasty-faced, doughy old fuck. And you know he's sitting there with a fucking stiffy. You know he is. Because most of these Christians are that kind of pervert. And that's one of the things that makes life so different, difficult for trans women is that there are guys out there who will get all hot and bothered about them and then feel disgust with themselves for their attraction. Was that the first question he asked in the, in the, in the session? Uh, I don't know. I don't, this is all I've got is just this clip. This beautiful young woman being asked about her genitals. <laughs> Well, By a good, general, God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual Christian. Well, the general rule of thumb here is uh, if the first question out of the chute uh, is, do you have a penis? That shows interest of, a, of an extraordinary nature. Actually, that means he's probably a chaser. Well, this is what I'm saying. I didn't uh, and, and this is probably TMI, but, you know, we, we learn about culture here. Anyway, go ahead. The I'm term sorry. chaser is most often applied to men who are attracted to trans women who have not had the surgery yet, if they want to even. The vast majority of trans women either can't or won't. Um, but they are particularly attracted to trans women because they see what they are attracted to, women, but they also have latent desire to be penetrated, okay? Mm-hmm. And so it's not anything she, it's not anything the trans girls are doing. It's everything going on in the mind of the chaser. And most trans girls don't even want to use it. It's disgusting to them. It feels like something horribly wrong with our bodies. But this guy asks the question, and he felt proud of himself for doing so. He was ready to attack her. You brought the question up. She didn't say anything about having a dingus. That was entirely on him. But now this, I guarantee, now that this has happened, because this is, this is how it happens. There's every likelihood in the world that if there is a hearing in the Senate of West Virginia on HB 2007, that one of those awful freaks will ask that question of one of the women, ask that question of one of the women who dares to testify. And I will be one of those women. Because there's nothing that they won't do to get to give the world a vivid picture of just what awful people they are. There's no level. It's, it's, they're proud of it, Scott. Well, that's what I mean. It's it's a. It is a hub, It is a hubist, hubristic, um, arrogant. 
stupidity. And and the, the, those, and I hope those, that I hope that girl's okay. Those states and those legislatures don't like to be outdone or shown up. No, they have by, to constantly by, one up each other. That's why that question is going to be asked in West Virginia. Yeah. That's why it'll be asked in Alabama. It'll be asked. I promise. I guarantee it. I don't know where that noise is coming from. I don't either. I was going to ask you. Uh, 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 Brother Deacon Asa says, let's give the man the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he likes the penis. Gives a whole new meaning to Chubby Chaser. Uh, he probably does. But the thing is, that's the kind of that's the kind of mindset that gets trans women killed. And in Arkansas, I am sure the trans panic defense is still a matter of law. Oh, yeah. Well, well I had to kill her, Your Honor. I found out she was a tranny. Case dismissed. I wish I was kidding. I'm not kidding. No, I know what you're saying, and you're absolutely correct. It's um, it's it's maddening that, the, that these people are... Um, I mean, it's one thing to have opinions of this type and, and viewpoints... That you said that you're. No, I never said it. <laughs> Sorry about Great. that. I muted the wrong muted the wrong channel. I wanted to see something. I can't. I can't hear this again. No, I, I just. Uh, I, I just. Uh, I just. I, it's 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 frustrating to say the least, and it's even worse than frustrating, but. I don't want to get worked up because then I'll be. I don't like. Yeah, I double checked. The lady with the, there's there's a there's a woman wearing a priest collar and she's uh, she's appalled. And there's just another lady with a, a, a like you know standard business attire, navy blue dress, but wearing a cross, and she's like mouth open, agape, disgusted, shocked. Because see, all of the and again a reminder, all of this stuff travels. This question will now be well. Look, well, when did this happen? When was today? Tucker? Okay, well then it'll be on Tucker tonight. It, it happened today, and this will then be this will be weaponized against cis women too. Remember, the former guy proudly said it's okay to grab women by the pussy. And there are literally millions of Americans who agreed with him and gave him their votes. And now this. Yeah. By another Republican. That's one I'm thing we have to... That's, that's one lesson that's very important to learn. Misogyny is misogyny is misogyny is misogyny. If you hate a trans woman because she is a trans woman, you're hating a woman for being a woman. Yeah. If you hate a blonde woman for being blonde, you're still hating a woman for being a woman. And this 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 is the new normal. And just by way of wrapping up cuz I didn't want to do this earlier in the program. Shit like what Senator Matt McKee did in Arkansas today has real world consequences. And it's not just consequences in 
the United States, its consequences the world over. Decent people in the UK today and yesterday are reeling in a sick sense of grief and horror. A 16-year-old trans girl in the UK named Brianna Gay, G-H-E-Y, was stabbed to death just sitting in a park in an area of, I presume, London. She had some followers, several thousand on TikTok. Two 15-year-olds have been arrested. Local police told the media, whilst this is being investigated as a targeted attack and Brianna was a trans girl, we do not at this time believe it was a hate crime. So it was targeted, but it wasn't a hate crime. And the British media, of course, performed, as one would expect, horribly. They used her dead name. They outed her. They misgendered her. And on top of everything else, and this is so sickening, her death certificate will say she was a boy. even though there was nothing boy about her. Because people like J.K. Rowling have created an industry whose only purpose is to hate people like 16-year-old Brianna Gay. Imagine being a goddamn billionaire and spending your time thinking about how best to make the lives of children more miserable. Well, and you mentioned the way it's being reported or misreported in the media. Uh, Chances are, dollars to donuts, we're talking about, or dollars to scones, since we are in Britain, Uh, it it is going to be in the print media, which you may as well say the Murdoch media, which is the nub of the problem, and it's an awfully big nub. That that, uh, that's uh, a, a... quote, journalism group, news gathering group, news reporting group that doesn't have the be- anywhere near a, a, a reliable track record when it comes to decency and, you know, fair play. I mean, for I mean, even it's like um, it's, it's horrendous. Well, and, and see, this young this young woman had a family support system. Her parents loved her. Yeah. She had friends. She was very publicly living her life. And it still wasn't enough to protect her from being murdered for simply being alive. The kids that murdered her were masked, had obviously planned it, 
stabbed her to death and left her bleeding to death on the ground by the picnic table where she was sitting. How many how many uh, people were involved, or do they even know? Two. Two teenagers. And they will probably never see a damn day in jail because they're juveniles. There is a member of the British Parliament. Her name is Nadia Whitham. She's 26 year old, years old, and she's the youngest member of Parliament. And she immediately went to Twitter and said, Brianna deserved a chance to become a beautiful adult woman and to live to see a world where trans people are safe and respected. Anyone in the media who is using her dead name and erasing Brianna's identity should be ashamed of themselves. And a rapper in Britain by the name of Youngblood, Y-U-N-G-B-L-U-D, said, utterly heartbroken about the death of 16-year-old Brianna Gay. Protect trans kids every day and fight relentlessly against anti-trans sentiment and legislation being pushed by our heinous government. One minute, you're just sitting in the park. The next minute, you're dead because you were a trans person who dared to be out and alive. Oh, and going back to uh, the young woman and, and what I was saying earlier, Scott... I hope she has lots of friends around her to comfort her and care for her because she was brave and bold and she handled it when she just said, that's horrible. That's more that's more aplomb than I probably would have had. And Darlene in Connecticut just said, well, when he asked that, she should have said, no, I don't have a penis. Do you? Well, that's if she actually there's a number of ways she could have answered that truthfully. No, I don't. Do you? I think a simple, is that what you're into, Senator? Would have been nice. Or what do you say we have a look at your browser history? Well, <laughs> it's, it's, uh... See, a, a question like that is not even worthy of a response. I mean... No, it isn't. Because that's not to elicit genuine needful information that's a, that's a, it's even worse than a cheap shot it's it's a bullshit it's tactic, perverse tactic. it is perverse well yeah perverse would be, even be a better way to describe it and mm. and I'll be and uh, I've already mentioned that I will be away from the microphone very likely on the 20th. I might be back. I was back when I, when I went down and testified a couple of weeks ago. I was back in time for the show, but on the 20th, which I think is, uh, yeah, a week from today, I will be uh, down in Charleston for Lobby Day. And it will be one of those, thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies, my cup runneth over. Which is sarcasm. We were talking about sarcasm. That's that's David saying, oh, gee, thanks, God. Lo Lobby day, it's called. Yeah. So members of the LGBTQ community will be all over the Capitol talking to anyone they can find. And I will be counted in that number. So will a lot of other brave men and brave women 
brave non-binary people, lesbian, gay, bi, trans, straight allies. Because it was amazing to me to see the, the House of Delegates absolutely packed when we went down to testify. But again, they were going to do what they were going to do. And the fact that a Democrat joined them still just absolutely nauseates me. Ugh. And that's on the 20th? Yeah. And then I'll be going back uh, if there's a... If there's a hearing in the Senate on that hateful bill, I'll be back and put my name on the record for that, too. It feels like a moral imperative. Well, yeah, it is. And you've got to, um, you know, you can't let you can't let madness go unchallenged. Or hate. I mean, they're all tied in together. Madness and hate are very closely related. And the purpose of the bill they were test they were they were gathering testimony over was to create a malpractice law so that doctors can be sued for saving the lives of their trans patients. No kidding. And we've got a longer clip here. If you uh, let's go ahead and deal with it. Trigger is hell for me. You said that you're a trans woman. A trans female, yes, ma'am, sir. Do you have a piece? That's horrible. You're the one. You're the one that brought that into the discussion. You're the one that I never that said anything about genitalia. Oh, it's yeah, everything to okay. do with genitalia. I don't know Audio. what my rights are Audio. right now. I'm a healthcare professional, a doctor. Please treat me as such. Next Audio. question, please. Senator McKee, that you asked my friend if she had a penis, and I would just like to tell you that even if you have a penis, it doesn't mean that you have honor. Or that you're a man. Listen, I talked to a 10-year-old girl back in the fall, and you know where she got her idea to have one of these surgeries? Off of TikTok. Because the Chinese were showing this little girl on TikTok who said, this has changed my life. And focus on the... Hold on. A 10-year-old is wanting surgery because she saw about it on TikTok because the Chinese are trying to trans our kids. Did you get that? Did you read that the same? Did yeah, you hear that yeah, the same way yeah. I heard? Yeah. Uh, he's he's one swig away from precious bodily fluids and fluor, fluoride and children's ice cream, Mandrake. <laughs> Mandrake. <laughs> yeah. Get me a grain alcohol and rainwater and whatever it is you British people drink. Did he look, go outside and check to see if there was a balloon? Jesus. I mean, and so the and so the woman he accosted is actually a medical doctor. And then he got burnt to the ground by the uh, by, by the other woman who said, um, "You can have one of those and still not be not, and still not be a man and still well actually still not have honor and not be a man and he is no man." And you'll notice the doc the the doctor referred to him as pastor, not senator. Oh, well, I missed. But that. he's yeah he's a he's a preacher first, a man of God, a follower of the Prince of Peace, and his name shall be Joyful. But. This is how he gets translated into the third decade of the 21st century. There's a little bit more audio left. Implications on the mental health of trans and non-binary youth. 
One part of this bill stipulates that a trans minor must have no other mental health concerns. This alone would make nearly all trans youth ineligible for any gender-related care. Two of these individuals have made unsuccessful attempts at their own suicide over the course of this past month. Each one of these expressed to me that this conversation being had by our legislature and these laws that are trying to be passed by you guys is directly affecting their mental health and their concerns that the state that they were born in, born and raised in, that they must consider having to run away with their family and seek to find other places that can help them live their lives as themselves. Gender affirming care that these teenagers receive or that they have been able to receive in the past. Beyond that, it just lets them know that they are loved and affirmed for who they are. With this bill, it won't affect 99% of our Kansans or more, 99.9. But the people who it does affect, the message they receive from this is that the state they live in hate them. That's the message they receive from this. Seems pretty clear. Guy's not wrong. So, yeah. Uh, let's hear from the lady in uh, Fuchsia again. She's a social worker. She deals with trans kids. I am a social worker in our state, and I help start two pediatric transgender clients in our state, too. I, I want to start off by saying that I was quite upset um, Senator McKee, that you asked my friend if she had a penis, and I would just like to tell you that even if you have a penis, it doesn't mean that you have honor or that you're a man. I, I bet he was hates he, her now. Was there any, did he respond in any way? Or? Uh, well, I mean, there was a colloquy. We heard some of it. Yeah. I didn't start this. You started this. Fucking Bronze Agers. Why couldn't he have been in Syria or Turkey when the earthquake hit? There's 30,000 people dead who didn't need to be, but well. By the way, uh, just one last thing. From lawsuit.org. It notes that 300 anti-LGBT bills have been proposed across 36 states. One-third of those are, are, are aimed at trans kids. But with more than 4.7 million transgender porn-related Google searches each month, um, well, it turns out Republicans are the ones doing the majority of those searches. They search for femboy. And you see more of that in places that are red, 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 red. Um, the top 20 most tra transgender porn-obsessed states and metro areas. Um, 20th is Pennsylvania. 19th is Florida. 18th is Alabama. Weird. West Virginia's not even on the list. Number one, of course, is Texas. Number two is Georgia. Three is Kentucky. 
maybe the hillbillies are going across the big sandy river to search for their trans porn. Uh, trans porn searches in metro areas. Hey, there we are. Number 14, Charleston, West Virginia. Of course. The Republicaner you are, the more worked up you are. about transness. So again, if somebody had looked at, at Pastor McKee and said, you want, to, you want to say that again and let us look at your browser history? Then when he said, shit, under his breath, we would have known. Um, so I did. Uh, you know, I missed Friday, so I got us some extra time here. And uh, sorry about sorry about Friday. But for the overnight crew, if anybody wants to kick in 90 bucks, it will be doubled, tripled, 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 I said, to 270. And we will be that much closer to keeping the lights on here. So uh, thank you, Scott. I well, thank you, Robin. I appreciate your time this evening. Uh, yeah, I wish the program could have ended on a happier note. But it's also, you know, even bad news is good news in the sense that this is the, this, it, I, nobody wants nobody wants better better endings and better news than I. And thank you again to Claire for bringing that horrifying story out of the UK to my attention. These things they're doing there and here have real world consequences, and the butcher's bill is paid in blood. Whether and it's if you, whether it's Club Q or Pulse. And if, I mean, knowing about it, as painful as it could ever be, is important because I wouldn't have known either of these things, the young woman in uh, Britain or the events down in Arkansas, if I'd not heard about them on the program today. So you, that's, a, that's a valuable resource. I will be interested. It's almost worth setting the uh, DVR to record uh, Tucker tonight because um, – he he uh, he likes bashing people, and whenever he can report on bashing or even attempted bashing taking place, why that's a, that's that's the A block, and if not the A block, certainly the B block. Oh, without a doubt. You know, and of course, the yeah, testicle toasting Tuckio Rose Carlson will never mention this study that says, and and I mean that 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 survey actually, it says a lot. It's not just on this issue alone, but Republicans, by definition, are authoritarians. And their sexuality is often deeply repressed, even if it's straight. And it's almost as though they have some sort of pathology where they can only get aroused if there's something transgressive about it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, the dirtier it seems, the more they get off on it. It's almost like they can't have normal sex. With the understanding that normal is only a setting on a dryer. Yeah. But no, thank you, Scott. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you uh, uh, waiting for me while I got some stories taken care of. Um, as ever. 
a wonderful conversation, and I thank you for it. Well, thank you, and uh, good night to you, and good night to the Horn family. All right, take care. And so there we are. Uh, thank you to Ralphs for her challenge. That got us down from 1025 to 975. Uh, the, this challenge, the tripling challenge that's on the table right now, can get us from 975 down to 525. If it's met, it'll be 825 tomorrow because we've just got to do this in order to keep the power on. This is how we keep the power on. Thank you to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks so much to our a la carte contributors. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thank you. Thank you to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to Sparky and Steve and Roger in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head-on.live. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Oh, by the way, I didn't mention it this evening. Please, thank you for, please and thank you for listening to the podcast. When you do, please like, please subscribe. Leave a comment for the lonely algorithm. And tell your friends and neighbors, because there are conversations taking place here that simply do not take place in other, uh, other, other fora. And I'm proud of the community that we have here. So very proud. And I'd like, to others to, I'd, like to, I'd like for others to know how good it can be. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Cold River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your boosters. Get your flu shot. Wipe down your surfaces. Help stop the spread of RSV. Spring is coming. Maybe, maybe it's already there wherever you are. Wear your masks. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer regularly. Carry it with you everywhere you go. Don't assume it's going to be there. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And for pity's sakes, if some big fat bald dude with an Arkansan accent comes towards you asking, you know anybody that's got a penis out there? Avoid that follower of Christ like the plague. Because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later.